0: One,
1: one, two, check me out right here, yo. Yo, the sun don't shine forever, but as long
2: them as them it's them. here, then we might as well shine together, better yeah. now than never. business before pleasure, now. P. Yeah. Diddy and the fam, who you know do it better, yeah, right, no matter what, be tight.
1: Yeah. so when you hear something, make sure you hear it right, don't make an yeah. ass out of yourself Not by assuming, our music keeps you moving, what are you doing? you know that yeah. I'm two levels
2: above you, baby, hug me, baby, I'ma make you love me, baby, talking crazy ain't gonna
0: get you nothing but choke, and that jealousy is so
1: leave, so the only thing left now is What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to our podcast, Film Moon Files. It's your boy Zabby, a.k.a. Real Jet Lifer, and I'm here with my man. Ish,
2: a.k.a. Izzy DMV, and we are back.
1: Back together in the stew. I had to play that intro a little bit longer because it was just, it was so perfect. But. Nah,
2: whenever it's biggie, you gotta let it ride.
1: For sure, man. Puffin' Biggie. Yeah, welcome back, though, man. It's um, Friday, November 6th. I'm back here with my man, Izzy DMV. Man, I'm so happy you're back with us. Me too. And we're not Gotta doing this back. over Zoom.
2: Yeah, man. I hated the Zoom session so much, bro. Yeah,
1: they, they didn't sound bad, but they weren't great. Like, our quality, I'm like, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's better uh, like when we're looking fun. each other in the face and stuff and then even I feel like when we argue and stuff it's better if we do it face to face cuz we get more emotional and yeah, exactly. it's better it's better content
1: for yeah, the pod. Yeah. So it's just just a whole different vibe, bro, when you're face to face. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Feels so much better, man. Our last episode we did with um Safia, which I thought was probably one of our best episodes yet where we just chilled, yeah. chopped it up. Um but today I'm really excited. I think we're going to do a really good episode today cuz we yes. got some good sports topics lined up. Yes. Um, but what have, what have you been up to, man? Now you've recovered, you're back, you know, you're moving and grooving. Yeah. I, you...
2: I just I just been working, you know what I mean? Just um making sales here and there and uh and also um picking up on uh on basketball cards. I actually discovered a basketball shop around the area here.
1: Oh no way. Yeah, and they actually have really, really good deals. Are you gonna share the secret or you better just keep it to yourself?
2: Uh, I'm going to keep it to myself for all now right, cuz I, I love it. It's right now, you I know, love it. you know <laughs> basketball cards are still at a low price so I'm trying to like hog all of them and then I'll tell y'all about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. That's what's up, bro. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm happy you found it, bro. That's that's good.
2: Thank you. How about you, bro? How you, man?
1: I'm good, bro. I'm chilling. Um pretty much worked all week. Got some, you know, watched some sports when I could. Had a dentist appointment yesterday. How that, that go? Was just, that was smooth, man. Uh, mostly just did a cleaning. Yeah, yeah, because of COVID, it's been a minute. But it was crazy because I called and I was like, "Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to do a cleaning." It's been a while. Yeah. And the lady was like, "Oh no, you're not due for another cleaning. You just did it in June." Mm. I was like, "Oh nah, identity theft." It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no. I was like, "Damn, nah." But they they had it messed up. Um, so it's it's I it was actually last year in June, uh-huh. and typically I go for a cleaning, but COVID, everything happened. I was just like, I was chilling. I was like, "Nah, I'm not going to do that." Yeah. But thankfully, nothing crazy. Just got my cleaning out the way. We moving and grooving.
2: Isn't it awkward when like the doctor tries to talk to you and you got like the your mouth is like open like they got all these tools in your mouth.
1: Yeah, you know what? My thankfully my dentist bro is so smooth, bro. He's Up not like me. that. Like no. Nah yeah, mine is all. smooth too. Yeah, mine is smooth, bro. Yeah. Um. So I really like that. Like he's a he's a seasoned vet. Shout out to my dentist, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I
2: noticed, bro? Like doctors and like dentists and stuff. They really are like the quarterbacks. Like they hold everybody down. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Like, they, they're so calm and so collected, and they just run shit. Yeah. I kind of admire it.
1: I'm glad that they are like that, though, because we need that. Yeah. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, uh, I'm trying to think. I was, uh, I'm still getting my car fixed. That, that joint's in the shop. Um, uh-huh. Thankfully, they gave me a loaner, so I'm moving. Still not, like, you know, having to get rides and stuff, which is good. But it's kind of annoying. Yeah. I, I wish I got my car back already. Yeah, um, that's the worst. Yeah, bro, that kind of sucks, but we're we're actually recording a little bit earlier in the day today too, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, so we were both, I was off today, you were free today, so we made it happen. That was good.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um but yeah, other than that, bro, I think we got uh we got a couple of different topics ahead of us today that we're going to get into. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be um you know, a little bit NBA talk, not a lot. The NBA is going to be starting up soon, right around the corner. Yeah. I think less than two months away already. Yeah. Which is good. We'll get into that. Yep. Um, We can get into, you know, obviously NFL. Um, We can go over last week's games, I guess. Kind of touch, touch, touch up on some notable on, uh, games and yeah, stuff. That, yep, yep. Exactly. So, um, I guess we can just get right into it then, right? Sounds good. All right, beautiful. <whistles> so, um, just to get right into the NBA, bro. The first thing that I kind of saw was... There was, like, some report that if the NBA didn't start before Christmas, um, it would cost the NBA, like, $500 million. So they had to negotiate something with the Players Association, I guess. Yeah. To get it going before Christmas, which is good. I mean, I'm happy to see it before Christmas. Yeah. It's actually funny because, like, a lot of people say, like, they don't even tune into basketball until Christmas. Yeah. Um, And I'm not going to lie. Like, one of my, my favorite things is to watch, you know, those games. It's just a tradition, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it had to do with like some kind of conflict in scheduling. Did you see that? It was like, they didn't want to, it didn't want to have, they didn't want to have to go against like the NFL. And then I think like, uh, Olympics or something like that is going to be going on.
2: Yeah. Um, from what I was reading, mainly the biggest issue was the, was how much money the players would lose if they, if they extended it past December, um, mm-hmm. cause of the way the, uh, the TV contracts work and the salary and everything there's a lot of more smart, smarter people than us that you know broke down the math the math <laughs> broke down the math and um let us know uh like the the numbers and the statistics and they they were going to lose a pretty penny if they uh, if they didn't start in January now December the okay I, i've been telling people i have kind of been disliking this i'll tell you for one reason what a i have to spend all my money right now on sports cards, on basketball cards while the market is low. Uh, so it, it didn't yeah, give me chew, enough chew, time. Chew. You know what I'm saying? Like I would kind of w- I wish I had in December as well in my pocket to kind of like scoop up these sports cards, but I know they're going to go back up in December. And then the second reason was, um, was I don't know. I feel like for like the teams that were in it deep, like the playoff teams being away from your family, I don't know if they're going to go back to another bubble situation, but yeah, if I was, thinking, I was actually going to ask you how you felt about that. Yeah. Cause if I was a ball player, and they're like, all right, we're gonna do like another bubble situation. I'll be like, hell no. But not after after av- just that. But how about months. how
1: about like let's say they're not in a bubble, but even still, like the wear and tear on your body. Like let's say like a LeBron James. Yeah. Right at his age, the the level he plays, he went obviously the the farthest you can absolutely go in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. He, he played. He had the longest season out of everybody. So. He's
2: done it, it ten times now. Yeah. So for him <laughs> to
1: start again, um, in such a you know sh- on on a short rest, pretty much. Yeah. Um. Especially after you know their bodies are used to taking that time to recover, they need time to recover. Yeah. Um. I I, I kind of do feel like, you know, it does suck for them. But I heard that you know, like I think Danny Green said, don't expect to see LeBron back, you know, that soon.
2: No, nah, he he'll, he'll play, but I think there's going to be a lot of um load managing and a lot of coasting going on. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's just going to be LeBron. I back think the we'll, overs guys. Yeah, because I know I know we did have I know we had a podcast where we talked about like load management. And I was kind of against it. I was against it more against like the, I think I said I was against it with the younger players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially players in their prime. But when it comes to like, you know, like when Duncan and Ginobili and Parker did it, like, all right, well, it kind of makes sense because look how many championships they won together, right? They won five titles together. So that's a situation where it's like, all right, it makes sense. And these dudes were older and they were competing deep into the playoffs. Right. So I felt like, all right, that situation makes sense. You know, of course, you know, there's going to be the fans who is like, you know, I came to see this player or whatever. I'm not saying not to play the game, but maybe instead of playing like 35 minutes, you play like 25. You know what I mean? 25, 27. Um, I think, I think. Another big thing we don't talk about with, with this being a shortened offseason is the fact that most NBA players really look forward to the offseason to develop their skills, right? Right. Now, people are going to say, well, you know, they had the rest before the bubble. They had the four-month period. But that was when COVID was still new. People didn't know, like... And you couldn't go
1: out and train like you can right now.
2: Exactly. You didn't know if it was safe to see your trainer. And Absolutely. not everybody yeah. has a home gym in, like, a, yeah. a state-of-the-art and we gym. saw we yeah.
1: saw that when they had, like, those little, like, dunk contests and little... I think they were, they were doing some kind of, like, horse games or something like that, yep. right? Yeah. So we saw some of those, like... Gym setups they had. Yeah, not just gym setups. But some people just had a regular hoop out on the driveway. Yeah, exactly. Some of the ballers, like you would think that, oh, he's a baller. He's got some kind of setup at home. Nope, they just had a hoop on a driveway. Yeah, or maybe they were at their parents' house at that time or whatever. Cause yeah. they have to be with their families. Because like, like
2: was. let's say you wanted to work with like your footwork, right? When you're driving to the paint. It's like, how can you work on your footwork if you just have a a basket on your driveway? Because it's an incline, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you can't really go how you want to go. So Even if it's not, like,
1: I I know that a lot of players just don't want to play on concrete because, you know, just the effect on their knees and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and I I always remember, like, that one season where Derrick Rose had his MVP season, right? And then the next season, like the biggest criticism was like, "Ah, uh, Derek Rhodes doesn't have a jumper, you know what I'm saying He doesn't have a three point shot and then I remember he came back the next season and he had a really solid jumper, and he was like, yeah i I've, during the off season I took like a thousand jump shots a day, you know what I'm saying." Something similar to that, some some yeah. crazy numbers. So I, mean, I think that hurts them not having that training during the off season. And
1: that's the that's the purpose of the off season, right? Like you need that time to develop and to. I mean, even even just rest aside. Like you said, you got to train. You got to get with your trainers. Yeah, you got to get right. Um, and I, I agree absolutely. I mean, look at look at a player like Giannis. Look at how much he develops and how how much you know strength and you know all all the working out that he he does during the off season. How how much it shows the very next year. You know, he's constantly developing and getting better. Yeah, imagine if he uh, another, wanted to work on his three pointer this another, season. Another another player um, that I would say that that has that consistent growth and development is Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. You see it every year; he gets better and better every single year. Mm-hmm. So they have that work ethic; they got they want to go after it and get it. And a player like Jimmy Butler just wouldn't have that time to accomplish that, really. You know, especially after being away from your family for so long, you deserve time to just chill and sit back and rest and be with your family, especially during you know what you know what's going on in the world right now. Yeah, who doesn't want to just stay at home um, after all that work? Because ultimately that's what it is for them. Yeah, they're playing the game of basketball, but that's them clocking in.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, you know. To be
2: isolated again from your family. I don't know what the situation is. Hopefully, I don't think they'll do another bubble situation because I did see some news reports about them, uh, about the NBA wanting to bring in fans to stadiums. Of course, they'll be social Mm. distant. Um, They said they'll be testing.
1: How do you feel about that?
2: Well... The NBA, so the most important stat of last season was the fact that there was zero positive COVID tests, right? So I have good faith in the NBA knowing that they know what they're doing. Um, if it's like socially distant, maybe they have pods, like literal, literal pods or something. Yeah, yeah I could see that. But I mean, I, I trust the NBA, you know what I'm saying? It's obviously going to take all 32 teams to be on the same page to avoid an outbreak. But with basketball, the good thing, with basketball as opposed to football is with basketball, it's a 53 man roster plus all of those coaches. You know what I'm saying? Whereas with basketball, it's not that much It's 15 players plus the coaches, you know? So it's not that bad. Um In terms of uh, dealing with the amount of people that uh, is on the, on the court for the NBA versus like mm. when football players go out to play or even, I don't even know how many baseball players go out. Like, how many go out there on the field, even if they're sitting on the bench? I don't know what the exact amount of players it is.
1: But I know for, for football, it's 53. Basketball is 15. Well, well it depends because you have some in your dugout and then you have some in the bullpen. So just in general, how many people? I believe it's like 35. Well, I think it's like 20 in your dugout, right? Oh, that's yeah, it's 20. not too bad, right? But um, How many on the field? You have nine out on the field, but then that they're go they're going out. You know what I'm saying? Then coming uh-huh. back in and going out, coming back in. And then mm. you rotate between those players. So it's not and bad. And then you bad. have your pitchers off in the other side. But I think during the way it was now, during during the way it is now, um or during last season I mean. Yeah. You had uh you know, they they had it set up differently. Everywhere was a little different. Like if you're in the dugout, you gotta wear your mask, everything like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think um yeah, I, th- I just think uh the, the NBA can handle that situation fine. I'm just, like I said, I'm just concerned. I hope, like, we don't have any, like, early injuries with yeah. the NBA, you know, because I know a lot of people are looking forward to Kevin Durant coming back and uh, Kyrie and, of course, seeing those two together. And then, of course, we're going to see the return of um, the Golden State Warriors. We're going to see how Clay we were looks. We talking about that. Yeah, I'm excited. And then, and then we're going to see John Wall come back. Uh, so it's exciting. There's a lot of players coming back, and so, so I want to see them healthy, man. I want to see a healthy NBA season.
1: No, absolutely. I think everybody does. Ben Simmons coming back too. But let, let's stay on that um that John Wall topic real quick, because okay. well, not not really uh, so much so John Wall, but the Washington Wizards. Have you been hearing that um the the I think Bradley Beal or someone acknowledged that the there was some truth to the trade rumors that the you know that the Wizards were looking to make a move.
2: I have not, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Wizards inquired. You know what I'm saying? I just think, I think, I feel like the Wizards at least want to see what John Wall looks like with Bradley Beal. Like, I feel like they, there has to be somebody like in that front office that's like, well, before we even consider a trade, let's see what they look like together. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, if, if, if they just look mediocre together, then I think maybe Bradley Beal might get traded this season. You know what I'm saying? Maybe if if the offer is on the table. I did hear um I, I heard the Knicks made an offer for uh Chris Paul. Oh did they? I they didn't did. hear that. That's what's nobody up. nobody knows what it is, but they That's made an up.
1: offer. Um but I think that uh with sticking my bad real quick with that Bradley Beal thing. Yeah. I have one more question about that before we um jump Jumped into the Knicks because you know, there's always some you know, with the Knicks, you got you go into like that black hole. <laughs> um, but, but I wanted to say, do you think that if things start off bad before the trade deadline, they deal them or do you for think, the Wizards? Yeah, do you think that they'll they'll stick with them throughout the whole year and give them a whole year to to work it out and figure it out?
2: I guess it depends. I guess it depends on what type of offer you get, right? Um, I, I definitely when I look at John Wall's contract. He has to really come back at an elite level, or else you're looking at one of the worst contracts in the NBA, right? Um, if he if he doesn't come back at an all-star level, and I know that's, oh well, I wouldn't say that's a high expectation. That's what's expected of him. But I guess coming off an Achilles and then coming off what did what was that injury he had before the Achilles? Was it ACL or meniscus? Yeah, I think so.
1: It was it was a lower body injury.
2: Yeah. So coming off back-to-back injuries like that, it's. I wouldn't expect you to be an all star, but because of how much money you're making and how much you're taking up on that cap with your contract, you do have to go out there and perform at that level. You know what I'm saying? And with Bradley Beal obviously being a way better player that he uh, being a better player that he is right now versus in 2016, 2017 when they went to the playoffs, um, I think maybe you know he he might be able to. You know, we'll, we'll,
1: they're saying he might go to the Hawks. Trey Young needs some help. Makes sense. Coming Bradley off, Beal, yeah,
2: they do have a lot of young talent. They could trade away the end draft picks. Um, the Hawks are really young. They're all offense, no defense. By the way, so
1: but Bradley Beal would bring you know obviously obviously some defense.
2: Yeah, but one thing one thing with defense right is you can't really rely on like one there's player, of course. yeah because. Even with basketball, but maybe it's
1: just that mentality, right? Sometimes you need that leader on the defensive end that holds people accountable. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah.
2: But I also think with defense, there's some guys who are great on ball. defenders. He would be a veteran player there. Yeah, but like some with defense, it's like you have to be in the right system in a way because it's like some people are great on ball defenders, but they can't. They can't. They're terrible at help defending. They don't know when to help defend or play the passing lane. Um, there's people who play great off-ball defense but don't play great on-ball defense. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, um, we see it a lot of times where, you know, you think somebody's going to be a defensive a stud for a team and they don't really fit the scheme or fit what's what's going on. And, and sometimes we see that with NBA players. So um, I think Bradley Beal is a good two-way player. I mean, him and Trey Young would be insane on the same roster. I think, you know, that's just going to be... I There's would like gonna,
1: to see that, man. But I mean, to be honest, more so I think than I would like to see that. I'd like to see what does you know what does Bradley Beal have to offer right now with John Wall together. Like I, I'm yeah. more excited to see that duo. And right? the Wizards want to see that,
2: yeah. Regardless, and, then, you and know? Then if
1: if yeah, and if that doesn't work out, I don't know if I would just get into a trade immediately. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like especially not in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes, like you said, you never know that deal might just be so good. Yeah, you know a team might be on the verge and they're like willing to let go a little bit more, right? Yeah, um, especially if Beal's balling and maybe Wall's not, yeah, then his value rises even more for you know, for another team, yeah. Or the Wizards keep him for that reason, but exactly. I'm excited to see it. Me too. Um, but I I I'm, I got to look into this Chris Paul with the Knicks thing because that's that's exciting news for me. Yeah. Um, not so much so just that Chris Paul would be, you know, that that you know, that star player that's going to get us over the top or whatever. I think yeah. it's just more so for development. Um, that would be really exciting.
2: Yeah, and I also think, like, with Chris Paul, like, you really saw him take the young guy, the younger guys under his wing, right? Like, with, like, Dennis Schro- uh, Schroeder. I mean, he's not that young. He's, like, I think 27, 28, but still... That it took took a guy like that under his wing. Dennis Schroeder ended up having his best season yet in OKC. He's nice. Um, yeah, he's nice. I, I yeah. want the Lakers they there've been rumors about the Lakers trying to get him. That would be my dream. He played dream. for the Hawks before, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That mean, would be my dream. Sick, he's such a good two way player and he got way better this season. And then also um Shia Alexander, right? Um he he's he you really saw him uh be kind of like taken under Chris Paul's wing and he could come to New York and, and do see- the same thing for uh, R.J. Barrett. People don't remember, but R.J. Barrett was the number one overall pick for a lot of people until Zion kind of like was exploding. But yeah, R.J. Barrett. And I think was a Zion lot- also had that
1: just that name factor, that celebrity factor, that's going to sell those season tickets and things like that.
2: Yeah, but also I think because because of his impact on the floor, he was just so dominant on the floor. He's just. I, such I also a, see. My bad to catch yeah. you
1: off. I also see the Knicks are still like, um, going hard after Carmelo.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I I read that Carmelo would only... I mean, this is just rumors, so take it for a grain of salt. You know what I'm saying? Don't put too much stock into it. But I did see that, you know, if Chris Paul does end up in New York, there's a good chance that Carmelo will fall along. And you know, like, those two are very close. Him, uh, Carmelo, Chris Paul, LeBron, and Dwayne Wade are, like, really close. You know, that's w- what they call the banana boat crew. Yeah, the banana boat crew, exactly. Yeah, so. But
1: um, I, I see here that it says... um. Mark Berman of the New York Post re- reported Friday afternoon that uh, the Bockers will engage Anthony in contract negotiations this offseason. The who? Uh, the Knickerbockers. Oh, the <laughs> Knickerbockers. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Knicks still plan to pursue ex-Nick Carmelo Anthony, even if they can't pull off a trade for his buddy Chris Paul. So that was the post. That was the. Um, that was what they, uh, the New York Post, had said. I mean,
2: he's the best Nick in the past ten fifteen years right so you want him to finish his career for your organization it's it's good for a marketing perspective ticket sales and also you you probably want to build up your reputation again as an organization what's the best way to do that you take care Bring of your back players Mello, yeah yeah like when when kobe right when he had his injury and the Lakers threw what was it like twenty eight million a year at him people were like yo that's the worst contract he's not playing worth twenty eight mil but they gate that's the legacy contract. That's the thank you for everything you've done. And player and but it if might you're, it, if you're mellow, my bad. W- yeah.
1: wouldn't you just rather stay where you are if you can? I mean it's with mellow like is
2: different because Mellow doesn't have a championship ring, right? Whereas with like someone like Kobe has a championship ring and he's been a Laker his whole entire life.
1: Yeah, no, no, for you sure. No. And but, but, but exactly, right? So like if you're mellow, wouldn't you rather stay right where you are and have a shot for another you know?
2: I mean, that's up to him, another you know, team. there's, there's a, I could see his perspective of wanting to be home, you know, um, I did see him, I did see some clips of him, I, I sent him to you on IG, balling yep. up in yeah. New York in a gym, Yeah, and I don't know, he's always in New York, so probably that's his, like, wh- home is home, you know what I'm saying, nothing beats home. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Melo's one of those dudes that really loves home. Yeah. And maybe he's thought, I mean, he went to the Trailblazers because nobody really was giving him a chance. The only team that was really looking into him and was, I think also, was the Lakers. And I think also
1: Lillard um, lobbied for him hard, too. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Dame, Dame was like, yeah, we, we need this guy on our team. He's got the work ethic. He's going to make it happen. Yeah. He's got the skill. Uh, and, you know, you got if Dame is saying it and he's their number one player, he's a star player, they got to keep him happy, too. Yeah. And, and it I, didn't cost him a whole lot. Yeah.
2: I also wanted to touch on, um, since we're kind of on this topic about, like, organizations and stuff, because it is kind of related to the Carmelo topic about, like, you know, you kind of want your players that made a name for themselves, like, in, in your organization, you want them to finish off with your organization, right? So I remember back when Dwayne Wade, before he went to the Bulls, right? Yep, yep. You remember he had that contract negotiation, and Pat Riley skimped him on the contract. Yep. And Dwayne Wood was like, wow, if you're going to really do me like that after everything I gave you? And then I'm out. And then I'm out. And he went to Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though Miami Heat is one of the top-regarded organizations, at the same time, like, players will study that and peep that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, like, you want to take care of players that, that put their blood, sweat, and tears for you. Because if you don't, maybe, okay, maybe in the short run – all right, you might tank because this player is older, he might not perform at the level that he's performing uh at before, which you're used to seeing. But at the same time you have to keep note of future free agents, right? Look at how Isaiah Thomas got traded away from the Celtics, got traded like trash after literally playing for them after his sister passed away. There's no you know love what I'm saying? Bro. Yeah.
1: Zero love out there for these players, man, I swear but, to God. Man. But I remember that, yeah. With with that being said, he was on the side. He was just crying, bro. Yeah, crying. I felt so bad, bro. He bawled
2: out. And so you got to think: when Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, when their contracts are up, right? Are they gonna Are they gonna sit and think? You know what? Do I want to stay for an organization that that does stuff like that? No matter how great I am, the one moment I fall off or have an injury or I become an inconvenience. They might ship me to nowhere, and that's it for me. Yeah, but I feel like a lot
1: of teams, it's like that.
2: Not necessarily, because like I said, the Lakers aren't like that. You know what I'm saying? That Kobe contract, at the end of the day, players are going to always remember that. And I think that's why LeBron signed to the Lakers, because he was like, you know what? They take care of their own. I'm going to stay with them. Actually, yeah,
1: and and I would say one other team I'll add to that is definitely um, Dallas.
2: Dallas does take care of their own, yep, yep. And and the thing is like that matters to players. But other than that, I don't.
1: Really, I can't. No other teams really come to mind like that quickly. That
2: takes care of their players. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. Yeah. This. I mean, that's crazy because. Um. I mean, both of them are championship teams. I think the Spurs is another one.
1: Oh yeah, that's yeah, good call. The Spurs. Yeah, the Spurs. Yep. Well, they did. They did have. Um. They did let go of Tony Parker. Tony Parker later on, but, but I Tony think that was, that was like, more. That was more his decision.
0: Yeah.
2: But I mean, I think Charlotte threw like a shitload. of yeah, money Yeah, that's him. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. it was not that, worth I, it for at his age. Like exactly. he was really so at that point. Really, yeah, but it was mutual. I think. Yeah, though, yeah, exactly. So. And that's
1: what you want. That's ultimately what you want.
2: Yeah, you want what's best for your player. Like you can't be mad at him getting the bag.
1: You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent.
2: So um, uh, before we move on from the NBA, I was thinking of uh, I was thinking of um, what what are you um, what are you looking forward to with this NBA season? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know Giannis is your guy. You know, I was watching a lot of Giannis clips today.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I like Giannis. I can't lie. I'm, I'm excited to see um what he brings. But more, more so than even Giannis is, like, specific teams. Yeah. Like, I'm really excited, obviously, about the Warriors. Yeah. The Wizards, just because we're local and I love to see them ball out. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the two biggest ones for me. Yeah. I'm the most curious about, I would say, um... Are probably still the Wizards or the Nets? Yeah, the Nets obviously have you know a lot of star power there. You want to see how those players mesh? Yeah. Um. Also, I think I sent you something about the Seventy Sixers planning on making a move for James uh, Harden. James Harden, yeah, yeah. So that that would be cool to see. You know, I, mean, I I don't know how it would turn out, but it would definitely be interesting to see that.
2: Him and Ben Simmons would be an insane duo. That would be crazy, right? Like. Simmons on the low block and Harden is on the perimeter. The thing about Harden, oh, you know what's funny? I saw a clip on Twitter, and I don't know why, but Harden and Giannis take shots at each other. Like I love key. it. Have I you have you it. been peeping it? No, I'm not. So dope. so Harden so Harden. Uh, this is good content right here. So Harden, there was one interview. And he was like, man, I wish I could just be, like, I guess he was speaking oh, in general. Yeah, he was yeah, like, I wish I, I could be seven feet uh, tall. and I know I could what just you're dunk. talking about. That, like, that takes no skill at all. Literally none, no skill at all. And then Giannis, when he was um, picking all-stars before the whole pandemic happened, yep, he, la- he, yep, he was yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. want people that pass the ball. <laughs> when, I think Charles Barkley was like, you're not going to take that. part in." He was like, Nah, I want somebody that passes the ball. <laughs> uh,
1: I remember, yo, yeah. that was crazy.
2: So they they have a little rivalry. That's kind of why I want to see uh, James Harden go to the East. Cause imagine a Bucks and Seventy Sixers playoff matchup. That would be amazing. I would love that, you know. And I think at this point, you know, Houston, in my opinion, they've kind of exhausted like their window, right? Yeah. they they've milked that that or- They've uh, they milked their. Uh, I was gonna say they squeezed the juice out of the orange as much as they could. <laughs> yeah, and now there's no juice left. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, hundred percent. So I I definitely think you know if I'm Harden, I would probably demand the trade to Philly.
1: Really? Okay. So I still feel like they're they're in that area. Like I I understand your point. Yeah. Um, I still feel like they're in that zone where they're one piece away, especially with Russell Westbrook. You know what I'm saying? I I definitely.
2: But it's like, who can you get? Because that's another thing with this offseason. There's really not a lot of talent this offseason. So if you do have to get talent, it's going to be through trade. That's true. So the thing is, who, who's the biggest free agent star? This, this free agency. You know what I'm saying? It's not really... Like, the Clippers need a point guard desperately. They need a playmaker. But they don't have a lot of options, right? Their only options is really... You have Drogic who's probably going to re-sign with Miami. Yeah. Then you have CP3. Mike Conley. CP3 is still under contract so they would have to trade for him. Okay. Uh who else uh they have um Derrick Rose is uh open to trade too, so maybe if they trade for Derrick Rose that might be an option. Yeah, but the free agency to get you class. Free agency class. the top, sorry. Uh, I just think the Clippers really need a playmaker. They had no playmaker, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Speaking of this free agency class, they had Reggie Jackson, Rondo. Like, it's not really the most appealing names in the world. The only person that's— Reggie Jackson's a baller, though. Don't sleep. Nah, Reggie Jackson is really poor decision maker. Like, his basketball IQ is really bad. Like, the only time he has good games is when he gets hot shooting. But at the end of the day, you need a playmaker. You need someone that can make everybody on the floor better. You need a general that goes out there. Drogic is a general. That's true. You know, that's going to be your best shot. That's the best playmaker. better defensively. Yeah. Fred Van Vliet is a free agent, but I don't think there's any way the Raptors are going to let him go. He's going to get paid. Okay. Um. So that's, that's pretty much the best point guard or pretty much the best floor general in free agency. Then you have to look at the at the trades. So this NBA season is going to be interesting because there's a lot of teams that's going to have issues, and they don't really have a lot of options to address those issues outside of trading, right? Um, even when I look at the Warriors, uh, I mean, I don't know if they're going to go with the number two pick, if they're going to trade it, but – at the end of the day, when I look at the Warriors, Wiggins is not going to be efficient in that offense. He just does not work for that offense. He, I mean, just the sets that the Warriors run because they're a set-heavy offense, they just don't work for Wiggins. does not fit that at all. He actually ruins the spacing a little bit. Um, and I think it will make it easier for teams to guard the Warriors if he's out on the floor. He's just not an efficient player. Now, they did see some good things from uh, Pascal, the rookie, right?
1: Siakam, yep. Yeah.
2: Is that? Oh no! I'm, Eric, I'm sorry. I'm thinking, Pascal Pascal?
1: C- I'm thinking about Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I think thought, his I name thought we were is still Eric on. Pax- <laughs> I thought, My bad. The Raptors. Was, no worries. Yeah, I thought we were still on the Raptors. Sorry. Um,
2: I think it's Eric Pascal, I, but, but the rookie that was balling out for him. I mean, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I, I jumped ahead and I started pulling up the NFL stuff because I knew we were going to start moving to. <laughs> yeah, <bad>. no worries.
2: <laughs> but um, just to just to kind of talk about like the top contenders and and what they need to do the, this offseason, what the offseason is going to look like for them. There's not a lot of options out there. You know what I'm saying? So we're probably going to see a lot of – it's what's we're, what we're going to see is the development of the younger players and how they get better, right? Like your Donovan Mitchells, your Jamal Murrays. Uh, I think um, DeMar DeRozan is a free agent, right, or no? I think he might be a restricted one. That's probably the best free agent, DeMar DeRozan. But even then, he, you're – banking on a 33 34 year old who doesn't really shoot efficiently from threes. He's a good mid-range scorer and the mid-range helps a lot, but from the championship teams that I'm seeing right now, I don't see which one benefits from Demar DeRozan being on their squad and paying 20 and keep in mind you're probably going to have to pay him at least 25 mil. So, I don't know which team can afford him and 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 do that, you know what I'm saying? Um so and then the Nets, you know, the Nets actually have a more complete roster. So when we talk about contenders and who who how they're going to approach the offseason, the Nets actually have a very good chance at uh at having the the most complete roster to the point where they don't really need to make moves. You know what I'm saying? You got yeah. Joe Harris who almost shoots 50% in career from 3. You know, he's one of the best three-point scorers. Uh you have Jarrett Allen who's a very solid rim protector. Um and and you have DeAndre Jordan. You have uh Spencer. Yeah, I like I like Jared
1: Allen, bro. Yeah. He's a baller.
2: Yeah. And then you have Spencer uh not how do you say his last name? Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, yeah. Who's another solid point guard. He can be your sixth man. And then of course you have Karis Levert. We saw him drop fifty points. Did they, did they to, sign
1: Jamal Crawford?
2: I'm not sure. I know I know K D was talking about him on his podcast. I think they, they picked up Jay Cross as well, bro it's not bad. I mean, I know he's like om- almost 40 now, but Yeah,
1: but still. I mean, he's a playmaker, bro.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I just like the Nets roster. They have a complete roster. The Net uh, the Heat, as long as they bring back their guys, they have a complete roster. I just feel like we're going to see a lot of the same teams again in, in the in the playoffs. You know, I think the the most interesting thing to watch is going to be seeing the lower tier teams in, in the West, right? The Pelicans, the Grizzlies, um and yeah, and you know what I thought about the other day too. Um, the West got harder by adding another two potential, another two potential superstars with Zion on Ja Morant. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. now the West is even like all the superstars are in the West now. I mean,
1: no, I mean you still got a lot in the East for sure. But yeah, I mean those are two of the like the you know rising stars for sure.
2: Yeah, I just thought it was funny how like none of like the. The news, like superstars, come out of the east. It's all coming out of the west now. Even Let's Brandon you, Ingram was coming out of the west. Yeah,
1: hopefully RJ Barrett turns out to be one of them.
2: RJ Barrett. I mean, like I said, he has a lot of potential. When I was watching his game in Duke, he has a lot of potential. But um, it's all. I mean, we know the Knicks, man. You gotta, you gotta bring people in that can develop players, man. You gotta bring good coaching in. Yeah, uh, yeah. but. Yeah, man, it should be fun seeing how, like, like my whole takeaway, I mean, just to wrap it up a little bit, was just the fact that with with the free agency class not being as heavy this season, it's really next season where it's going to be heavy, it's going to be interesting seeing the contenders, how they approach it, because I don't think there's a lot of moves they can make, right? you know, so it's really, we're going to probably see a repeat of last season, the only thing is that the teams that make the playoffs, like, th- that's going to look different is whoever gets the best development. Out of their younger players,
1: I would say another thing that I'm super excited to see uh-huh. is because it's such a short off season. I think that there are going to be a lot of teams making moves in the middle of the season more so um, now than ever. Of course, yeah, because they're going to see what they got and then start making moves as soon as you know they start seeing the things that they want to see or they don't. Yeah, um, so I'm excited to see what it's going to look like at the end because we're I think we're going to have a very different looking NBA uh, at the end of the season uh and it's just in terms of like where the where the players are.
2: And also I think um from what I was reading each team is going to have about 14 back-to-backs cuz they're doing 72 games. Mm. That's a lot.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I I yeah, I, and that's when you'll start seeing a lot of load management. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm happy that they're going to get a, a you know, they have a date now I think that they're going to start the um NBA. I want to say it's like somewhere in like in the end towards the end of December.
0: Yeah.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets end up with the one seed in the West. Oh wow, really? Because I think a lot of the load management going on and I think the Nuggets they're so young, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it's gonna affect them that much. Damn see if you guys
1: see if the books uh you know have that bet available, guys. You heard it here first.
2: <laughs> I mean, it could be a potential. Um and then of course the Suns, we have to see what the Suns look like. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Finishing off eight oh, I mean, that's gotta mean something in the bubble. Yeah, for sure. Know? So it's gonna be fun, man. Next season, I can't wait to talk more NBA you know, the next episode. But we'll just wrap it up for now, unless you got anything else you want to uh, no, touch on.
1: No, I'm, I am excited. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to say I believe that that start date is December twenty second, twenty second. Okay. Yeah, so they can take advantage of all that you know that Christmas revenue. You know, everyone's yeah. gonna be home watching sports. So, um, I'm really excited to see that.
2: Yeah, I guess I'll talk more about basketball once I get to the sports card section. All right. Because cool. yeah, yeah. So yeah. So
1: let's we'll go ahead and move on and jump right into NFL. So um, we are going now into what? What, what what week are we in now? I think um, week nine. Yes. Um, so do you want to just quickly go over a couple of the games week eight? We can just run through those real fast and then look forward to the new ones.
2: Sure. Yeah, you can bring them up and I'll let you know if I like, you know, thought it was worthy of talking about or not.
1: Perfect. So, um, yeah, this seems to be the format that we've been going with the last couple of shows. Yes. So I, I can rock with it. Um, first, I got the Falcons and the Panthers. Um, the Falcons took that 25-17. to um, do you see anything in that game you wanna you wanna jump in touch uh, base? They finally they finally held on, bro, to a lead. They yeah. finally did it. So, well, um, just a just a weird little nugget here. Atlanta's won six of the last seven matchups against Carolina. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think um a lot of that has to do with where Cam was in the last couple of seasons. Um mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's just an interesting little nugget there. Uh, then we got the the Patriots and the Bills. That was. That was an exciting game, twenty-one to twenty-four. Yeah, uh, excuse me, twenty-four to twenty-one. The Bills won that. They're now six and two. Um, yeah, man, New England lost four straight games for the first time since two thousand two. I guess wow. before the whole Brady era started. Yeah, uh, that was crazy, man. I mean, I wonder. I'm excited to see like what is Bill Belichick going to do? Like he's always you know a guy that makes adjustments and moves um, and isn't scared to do stuff mid season. So I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what is it that he wants to do. Yeah. How he's gonna shake it up there, that'd be that'd be pretty crazy.
2: Yeah. I just think um the offensive line for the Bills was really on point in that game. This was one of the games that was very fun to watch because
1: I think that, um, that fumble really cost them the game, right? Yeah, the, the Cam King, Newton yeah.
2: fumble, yeah. That was a really tough to fumble. Especially, you know, um in that situation, you know you're in field goal range to tie the game. You know what I'm saying? That's that's tough to cough up the ball right then and there. Um and they the weather wasn't really good for uh for passing in the, in that game so um both of the teams yeah, really I heard struggled it was pretty windy, yeah yeah both of them struggled trying to move the ball through the air and um it led to Zach Moss and De- Devin Singletary on 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 the Bills having a good game i think both of them finished with uh 167 yards and two touchdowns on 28 carries which is pretty good i mean that's that's when when the passing game is in there you know that's a great uh, uh, production out of your running backs. So I, th- I thought that was good. But like I said, it was just um, with the Patriots. Um, I don't know if, if you saw this uh, story, but apparently uh, the Bills had a billboard that said, like, Tom Brady isn't here to save you or something. Uh. And <laughs> I guess the Patriots saw it when they were coming in. So that made this matchup a little bit more, you know, spicier. Um. So the Bills usually lose to to the Patriots. So I know if, it must feel really good to finally beat them and have a really strong hold on the division. They're looking like they're going to run away with that division, the AFC East. So that's crazy. I mean, if you're a Bills fan, that's got to be a relief. Finally, you know, after all these years, after all the suffering, you're finally like the king of the hill. Finally, you know. Yeah. It's so, not.
1: It's not. I mean, that division hasn't been easier, and it, I still don't think it is. Um, but I, I still think that you know, uh, Coach Belichick's gonna make the necessary adjustments, and this isn't. This isn't gonna be something that is gonna happen all the time for them. Um, it, I'm expecting them to go on a hot streak soon.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just think with the with the Patriots, this this whole season is kind of an L. I kind of knew the Patriots season was gonna be an L right when and I heard. Josh
1: Allen's kind of cooling off a little bit. I, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put too much, uh,
2: too much into the game uh, against the Patriots because, like I said, it was it was a really bad day in terms of passing outside. But he had—I want to say—four
1: interceptions in his last four
2: games. Did he? I'm not—I'm not sure about that statistic. I don't know. I don't know that statistic. Yeah. But I—I um, I don't know. I, I just wouldn't put too much stock into that game because, uh, like I said, the weather was really bad, and both teams were really relying on the run that whole entire game. So. I mean, it is what it is. It looks like the Bills is going to run away with that division, but if anybody's going to give them trouble, it's probably the Dolphins, right? Cuz they're stepping up defensively. Uh Tua, uh, you know, he had um he didn't look that good, but you know, I'm saying maybe he gets some momentum going and you know, maybe they they uh they challenge the the Bills for the division. We don't know.
1: But yeah, what what other games you got? So we got um the Titans and the Bengals. The Bengals won 31 to 20. Man, that was a crazy game, bro. I, I, I did. I mean, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. I thought that the Titans were going to pull it off. I mean, I did expect that it was going to be a competitive game, but I didn't think it was going to be. Um, you know, I didn't think the Bengals were going to win by eleven.
2: Well, we we saw. The Bengals balling out the past 2 weeks. They just couldn't yeah. secure the W, right? Yep. That was that was the hardest part for them. They were balling out. Joe Burrow was balling out. They went up 21-0 against the the Colts and they just looked super efficient on offense.
1: Scored 23 um, plus points for the sixth time this season.
2: Yeah. And I mean, what about man, Joe Burrow? Like a rookie who's already making reads that most NFL quarterbacks cannot Baller. do. He he is just Bro, when you put on an offensive line around that guy, like if you're the Bengals, that's your number one priority. Yeah, I you got to put an I, old line.
1: Yeah, I think I said that he would be my um, rookie of the year. And, I, I mean, it's looking good, man.
2: Yeah, I, I actually um pulled a couple of Joe Burrow. I have like three Joe Burrow cards. Actually, five Joe Burrow cards. So, <laughs> nice. I mean, the the more he balls, the better it is. But, I mean, just as a player, he's he's amazing. I mean, a lot of the intermediate throws he made was incredible. He had some deep balls. That was such an incredible touch, you know what I'm saying, for like such a young dude coming into the
1: league. You love to see it, though. Yeah. Especially the young guys, like – in, in a in a league where, you know, there's not a lot of quote-unquote elite quarterbacks, it's good to see that somebody is on the road to become one. You know, like, we, you know, there's a future.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know he, what I mean? He's giving me a there's lot of a An- lot, Andrew not, Luck vibes.
1: Yeah, and there's not a lot of young guys that give you hope anymore. Yeah. Particularly quarterbacks.
2: Um, I just think uh, with four starting, he had four starting offensive linemen that were out, and he still remained cool, calm, collected, under pressure, like nothing, you know. And to do it against the playoff team, Ryan Tannehill, I think the Titans actually had one of their worst um passing games uh of the season. And that was that was an, and the Bengals ended up having probably I think their best passing game in the air for the season. So I mean that, that made the difference, you know. Derrick Henry really couldn't uh bail them out in this game. So I, I just really like what I saw from from Joe Burrow. Um yeah, man, he he's I think he's he's legit. He's the real deal.
1: So the next game, um, I felt was like a little underwhelming. It was the um Raiders and the Browns. The Raiders won that sixteen to six. And then we had um the Colts and the Lions. Yo, your Colts is looking kind of scary, bro. Forty one to twenty one. We we keep talking shit about Phillip Rivers, but your Colts are looking mm, good,
2: bro. Nah man, he um I definitely have to say that Phillip Rivers, the past two or three games, he's been looking immaculate. He's been looking like an uh, elite quarterback. Uh, He did have a little slow start to the season, Um, did have some ugly turnovers, but he did have a high completion uh, percentage even during his ugly games. And now, you know,
1: we're seeing this Colts team, you know, start to build momentum. I mean, I think he has three or more touchdown passes in consecutive games now, right? His last game. And then this is... This is rare too to see the Colts even put up 41 points.
2: Yeah, this feels like this feels like Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning days, you know what I'm saying? I feel so good to finally see uh so uh, healthy to, Andrew Luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to see such a dominant performance from our team. And I think, you know, the biggest factor was I think this was the first game Darius Leonard came back after being injured, and he is such a difference maker. I mean, when it comes to best linebackers in football, I mean, I might be a little biased when I say this, but I think he's the best linebacker in football. He goes sideline to sideline. He can blitz. He can drop back, play coverage. He's always making plays, Force fumble, interception. Like, And he's the leader of that defense. You know what I'm saying? So to me, he's so essential. To me, he's the best linebacker I've seen since Patrick Willis. Like when you talk about a guy that could do it all, like this dude does it all, and it's so incredible. It's and he was a second round draft pick, man. Like this was such a RGM is such a genius for picking him up, bro. I don't care what anybody says, man. I think he's the best linebacker, and he's he makes such a difference defensively when he's on the on, on the field for us. And I'm I'm just really thankful we have a player like that because I don't ever remember a Colts player. Maybe Bob Sanders is the closest that I can remember. To somebody, to one player on def- on defense to make that big of a difference, and Darius Leonard does it, man. They just look, they look completely different. Um, Kenny Moore is such a great cornerback as well. Um, I believe he was the one that had the pick six, um, and and yeah, man. I just like how good we look defensively. We're clicking on both sides of the ball. Now, I will say with the Colts, you know, I I do hate how predictable we are when we run the ball. Uh, when we run the ball, it's almost like they can tell every single time, and I just, I just think the Colts need to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, I I would like to see them come out in the games, kind of just firing in 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 um wide out sets, all wide out sets, and then gradually uh, easing in the run game. I think that would help the Colts' offense a lot rather than trying to force the run. Um, so yeah.
1: So the next game we have is the um, Vikings and the Packers. The Vikings won that twenty-eight to twenty-two. And this was really um, Dalvin Cook's show. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. And and he's the um, Dalvin Cook's the first Vikings running back with one or more touchdowns in six consecutive games played since 2011. AP.
2: Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, we. So s- they
1: they need it. The, I mean, I'm 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 not gonna say I like the Vikings, but I'm happy to see that they they were able to pull this one off because we were also talking about Aaron Rodgers and is he a bad man or is he you know a bum? Yeah, I w- I mean I wouldn't call
2: him a bum. He, no, he, no, definitely he, not, but he, I'm just
1: saying like we had that conversation and we were saying that um he, ha- he he's really winning easy games and he's not he's not beating the playoff teams. Um but this was a this was a, you know, I think a, a 1 in 5 Vikings team going into this. Um so yeah. you know, it was exciting to see that uh the Vikings were able to pull it off.
2: And um I think th- this was the second time Dalvin Cook really destroyed the the Packers' defense. It's just that in the first game, the Packers just were offensively so so, um, so on fire that, you know what I'm saying, like they scored more points. I mean, this is going to sound like a John Madden quote, but they scored way more points than the Vikings, and they couldn't really keep up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just think with um, with uh, Dalvin Cook, that the Packers just have a really bad run defense, you know what I'm saying? Like the Packers, you know who the Packers remind me of right now? They remind me of the 2000... 2000- like the two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand seven Colts, where like you have the elite quarterback, and he's such a such a like elite talent, maybe the best in the league, but you have him being brought down by, um, well, I mean this season Aaron Rodgers has a rushing attack when when the when the Colts when the Colts played in the playoffs they had no rushing attack like that like the Packers have right now, but they had no run defense. You know what I'm saying? Their run defense was atrocious. And really what happens in the playoffs is you see teams run the ball way more. You know, the Titans went all the way into the AFC Championship game. Why? Because they had Derrick Henry. They were able to play defense, and they ran the ball. So the thing is, quarterbacks in the playoffs, they don't tend to go for crazy games. They don't tend to have those three or four touchdown games with, like, 70% completion rate. They don't. Uh, it, sometimes you do, if it's like a shootout back and forth, yeah, or maybe in the wild card, yeah, but when you're talking about those, um, those divisional rival, when you're talking about those divisional games, when you're talking about, like, the conference championship games, like, it's tough for a quarterback to pass against elite defenses, um, So, yeah, man, you you just need to be able to have a running game and stop the run, and the Packers just don't have that. Aaron Rodgers can go out there and throw for five touchdowns, six touchdowns, but, I mean, I I don't even think actually he'll have the ability to do that if he's going against a team that that can constantly run it on his defense because it's like you're sitting on the bench, so how much can you really do when you're always on the bench? So that's how I view the Packers, you know what I'm saying? They still fall under the pretenders category for me.
1: So the next one is um the Jets and the Chiefs. The Chiefs obviously crushed them 35-9. to 9. Uh, I think it was a 20-point spread. The Chiefs covered. They took care of it. I'm sure you have nothing to get into there, right? I mean, what we all expected.
2: I mean, I want to talk about my favorite team, the Jets.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, bro, it's terrible. It's it's not looking great over there, bro. They're even talking about dealing Darnold. Uh, what do you think about that?
2: I hope they give the kids somebody that can actually develop him. And hopefully he plays behind the offensive line where he's not running for his life
1: all the time. Yeah, you
2: know what I'm saying. Like, so um, I, I saw the GM. I mean, just to touch on the Jets, he he said uh, the GM of the Jets said Adam Gase is still a part of our plan.
1: Ugh. <laughs> I don't know how. Every everybody leaves there, and then you actually see some development and some you know some signs and flashes of a real football player versus when they're under Gase.
2: Yeah, this was a good game for Patrick Mahomes, four touchdowns.
1: Yeah, of course, but against that Jets defense, bro, you'd expect it, you know. In my opinion, I don't know.
2: But it's nice, you know, to make his case for MVP. He's kind of, he's kind of, you know, making his case actually. In terms of like stats and stuff, and Mm. the Ws he's pulling pulling out, so
1: yeah, we'll see with that. Um, Then we got the Rams and the Dolphins. The Dolphins, they handled it, bro. They uh they won they beat them by eleven points, twenty eight to seventeen. That was a good game. Uh, the Jets looked really good. We didn't really see, I feel like, a whole lot out of Tua just yet. Yeah. Um I'm excited to see what he does in his first road start. Um, but that one, you know, the Dolphins took care of business there. I wasn't really too too surprised. I mean I, I keep telling I kept saying that the Rams, I think, are very Fugazi. Um and then we had a, a really interesting game. Uh the Saints and the Bears. Did you watch that or no?
2: The Saints and the Bears. Yeah. Uh Just on red zone, I caught it.
1: Yeah, 26-23, to 23, the Saints won. Um, I'm more concerned about that fight that broke out. Did you see that? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I, I think Javon Wims, right?
2: Yeah, that I think that was his name, yeah. It was just really weird. Cause, this is um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yeah, apparently Johnson was the same dude that Michael Thomas ended up hitting in practice mm-hmm. and then uh, getting suspended that one game for. Yeah, because so, I
1: saw I saw that um, he did go out like he went into like the 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 helmet of Wims and kind of like took a little shot at his eyes and then on a later play Wims attacks him like tries to strip his chain like yeah, some disrespectful I saw that. shit grabbed this chain and then uh, I guess Give me know, Michael Crabtree say, and uh, boop, boop, got yeah Michael
2: Crabtree and uh, Akib uh, Talib vibes yeah threw him threw him that <laughs> little
1: two piece in a biscuit and then got thrown out of that game. Um, that was probably the highlight of the game, if you ask me. Yeah, I thought that was kind of. I crazy. mean, it was a close game, but keep in mind the Saints were
2: uh, they weren't without Michael Thomas. They didn't have Emmanuel Sanders. Um, really, it was just the Kamara uh, uh, and Drew Brees that had to hold it down for them.
1: I saw the two piece and said, I thought that was crazy. Yeah. Um, then we had the the Forty Nine ers and the Seahawks. The Seahawks won thirty seven to twenty seven. Yo, I was just about to say because I saw them play last night because uh-huh. of Thursday night football. Yeah, the 49ers. Uh, I was like, how
2: the hell did the 49ers play the Seahawks?
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, we're doing this one a little bit later. We just, yeah. you know, we we're just making it happen when we can. Yeah. Uh, Is he got his his test results, and then we were like, you know what? Instead of doing another Zoom, you know, a little Zoom one, we'll just make it work out to where we get together. So, so a little later than I would have liked. But the so
2: biggest I gonna... play I want to point out in that game. So you know how quarterbacks sometimes yeah. injure their receivers by like putting the ball in between two defenders. Like the receivers open, going but he's the, yeah, going across the center of the field. So there was one play where DK Metcalf was in that situation, and Russell Wilson threw it to him. Oh, and the defender hit him with a
1: truck stick. Still, and the and the matter. defender
2: <laughs> was like, you know, about to like crush DK Metcalf, but yep. then he bounced back and he Hell fell yeah. and collapsed, bro. He <laughs> like like DK he hit a Metcalf, brick wall, bro. <laughs> yeah, <was> bro. Crazy. <laughs> it's like he ran into a mag truck, dog. I couldn't believe it, dog. This dude, when I tell you that defender, I don't know who it was, he flew back. He legit flew back, dog. I couldn't believe it. I've never seen a receiver in that position. Denied. I've that never crazy. seen a po- I've never seen a receiver in that position get destroyed like that. Like, oh well, not, not get a receiver. Yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah. the cornerback, cornerback get destroyed. It, yeah.
1: That was crazy. That it never happened. It looked like a man never. was running full speed and hit a brick wall bro that's what it looked like to me bro he, i saw
2: that he didn't even just fall back he
1: flew <laughs> yep, back, yep. Oh. Um, like, he back up um like feet up in half, the air bro. type that shit. guy is a physical <laughs> specimen bro he's he's something else i
2: don't know how i mean bro he's everybody slept on him on the draft man he i mean
1: people said he was just a go route runner yeah yeah he's not looking like that he yeah, he, can, he can run the he can run every route out there and he's actually i think he's a great route runner if you ask me I mean, he's making it happen, not just with his physical abilities, but he obviously understands the game of football. But
2: you know what it is? I think it's the perfect match, right? Because Russell Wilson, you have to say he's either top two or top three in terms of throwing the deep ball. Yeah. and And D.K. Metcalf, that's what he is. He's a deep threat. So you have literally one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and then you have him throwing to somebody like D.K. Metcalf. I don't know, D.K. Metcalf is slowly giving me, like, I don't know if it's premature to say this, but he's giving me like those Calvin Johnson vibes.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's not too soon, bro. Um, I was listening to the radio and they were saying that, um, again with the radio talk, it's it was uh, you know I listen to a lot of sports talk. Yeah. So they were saying that he could be next year probably one of like the the first receivers picked up in fantasy drafts. P.K. Metcalf, it. yeah, yeah. Um, but let's move on. Let's go. Let's look at the Cowboys Eagles. The Eagles crushed them, twenty three to nine. Um, there wasn't a whole lot there, I don't think, right?
0: Uh, It's always
2: good to see Jerry Jones looking stressed and mad at his <laughs> team. You got to love it. You got to love it. Yeah,
1: love it. yeah it, it is. I can't lie, man. Um, But then we also had the uh, Steelers and the Ravens. That was a good game. Steelers game won Game of the 28, week. 28 Hey, do you remember? Game of the week. Do you remember what I said Um, last week, not our last podcast with Safia, the one before? I said that my biggest bet would be the over and the Steelers-Ravens, 46 and a half. So if you took that, you made some money. Yeah. Hey. Um, yeah. For sure. Yes, absolutely. Um but what I what I thought was pretty crazy was after the game Hollywood Brown um was upset and tweeted something about it like if you got what good are soldiers if you don't use them or something like that. Um so there there seems to be something going on there with the Ravens um but the Steelers still undefeated that was a great that was a great game
2: um there's a lot of take uh, that was my favorite game that was the game I watched first want to break it down a little let's let's do it yeah let's i mean this is it. this is probably the last game we're going to break down because uh, to me it was the game of the week right so we had two teams going into the uh, i think both of them were undefeated right no 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 I, ravens came in with one loss whereas the Steelers were undefeated and you know um the thing that I noticed with this game, I mean, they did have a lot of injuries. I don't have the injury list in front of me that happened in that game. But this game reminded me like those brutal early 2000s games where it's just mm. like like they were playing. Like the the refs, like the Steelers receivers, yeah, like Chase Claypool had a good game, you know what I'm saying? But w- when you watch the game, the, the Steelers receivers really struggled to get down the field. Like the physicality of the corners from the Ravens, it was just super physical. Like it was literally a wrestling match between the wide receivers and the defensive backs. With the I love Ravens, to see it. it was so gritty. I've it's been a long time since I've seen like and they've a had defense. some pretty good
1: matchups. I think um their last matchup uh the last time they 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 played the Ravens had a tough time with the Steelers too. They got to their quarterback. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I'm excited to see their next game. I think they they play again in like four or five weeks. Um so I'm excited to see that one. But that was a big game. And guys, when I tell you it's my biggest bet, it's my biggest lock of the week. Don't don't think I'm playing. I'm not <laughs> playing. Put that bet in. Take it to your bookie. Get paid. God damn.
2: Get your money. Yes. Um yeah, man. Uh just another thing, uh, Lamar Jackson ended up having four turnovers. You know what I'm saying? Of course, you know, we know what that Steelers defense does, the right. boys that they have up front, their menaces. Um but you Pittsburgh, know
1: Pittsburgh, seven to zero for the second time in their team history.
2: Who would have thunk it that the only undefeated team would be the Steelers? Yeah, who would have thunk it? Nobody would have. He said, "Who would have thunk it?" Nobody, nobody knew this. Nobody knew this. Nobody predicted this, and here they are. And you know what? You know, <laughs> I saw a meme, dog. <laughs> I saw a meme that was like Big Ben always pointing up at the sky like he going to heaven, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, nah man. fam, he going to- <laughs> He got he got some kind of contract with up top. I know, bro. He ma- he made a deal or something, bro.
1: Um, but let's move on. Let's look at the Broncos and the Chargers game. Broncos took that thirty one to thirty, another very close game. Um, did you see anything there? Should we keep rolling?
2: Um, you know, Justin Herbert still had a good game. He did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He 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 like he takes these deep shots that I think, only, I mean, for him and Joe Burrow coming out of college, to be taking the type of shots that they're taking he and to be so calm, yep. bro, they're so calm and poised. That's the number one thing. They're so calm and poised. And, like, he has a really beautiful deep ball, bro. Like, I think he had four passes completed for um, 15 yards or more down the field. So, you know what I'm saying? He looked really good. Um, but really, Philip Lindsay really flipped the switch. He's so underrated, right? Phillip Lindsay. Mm. I mean, that's got to be a fantasy guy you got to have on your team. Whoever, I mean, he should have been a week one pickup if you were smart, you know what I'm saying, to stash on your roster. Because that dude really balled out for him and uh, helped edge the
1: W for them. Um, and then we had the last game, which was the, um, I believe this was the Monday night game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the New York football Giants 25-23. How close was that? That was a close game, bro. Close and you know that? what's crazy? The Giants defense is not looking bad, bro. They gave Tom Brady some trouble. And you know what? Daniel Jones lost the game for him. Just making stupid mistakes. Again, making dumb mistakes. And the kid is a baller. That's what upsets me. This kid is a fucking baller, but he makes stupid mistakes, right? And I I think somebody had said like his athleticism is probably his biggest problem. Because sometimes when the play is just not there, you're looking downfield and nothing is developing. Throw the ball away. If you're about to get tackled, go down. Live to see another down. Why are you throwing these stupid picks and and get losing the ball? These turnovers are literally at least cost three games for the Giants right now. One in seven. It's a horrible start. It's a horrible season. I mean, even though we're still in it, it's crazy as it is to be one in seven and still in the hunt in our division. Like it's crazy. But Daniel Jones is really, really putting this team in a bad position. He's got to be smarter. The kid is a baller. He has just got to put his brains to use. He's got to let go of the football and go down from time to time. It is what it is. You got to live to see another down. Um, did you see anything in this game that that was interesting to you, Izzy?
2: Well, um, let's uh, just to follow up on that. Jones has now turned over the ball in twenty of his twenty-one starts as a New York Giant. That's- so he's turned over the ball in every single game except for one. It's crazy. Um, damn, you had to turn the volume up on that I one. I had to, yes, bro. <laughs>
1: um, Tom Brady connects with Gronk again. Everyone thought that Gronk was done, but he's still he's still making it happen.
2: Um, I want to say that at least uh, just to be optimistic for the Giants side, they do have a Pro Bowl, a potential Pro Bowler, All Pro, in James Bradberry. Um, he held Mike Evans to about I think only three receptions for twenty seven yards. And, and Evan,
1: Evan Ingram was flashing again. I'd like to see when he's he's actually doing something.
2: Yeah, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, James Bradbury is a rookie. So for a rookie to hold one of the best receivers in the game for uh, for just um, three receptions for 20, 27 yards, that's really impressive. Um, he, I mean, I think Evans did have a touchdown, um, but I'm not sure if Bradbury was the guy in coverage during that. I'm not too sure about that but i mean still he he put up an impressive stat line against one of the best receivers and then another interesting statistic for the giants defense was the fact that tom brady completed or actually he completed none of his five attempts of 20 yards down the 20 plus yards down the field so any any play that was 20 yards or more he wasn't able to
1: complete bro the giants defense was looking good i know this is a horrible thing to say but you know at some point you got to call them out i mean the refs threw a flag on that two point conversion and then took it back that was bullshit. Everyone saw it. Um, but even still, we shouldn't have been put in that position. Uh, I think that the Giants really could have won. Yeah, you can't turn over the ball really could in, in, t- in a
2: game like that. Yeah, you they just really can have.
1: They really could have um, come away with the victory on this one. It's just so frustrating to see as a Giants fan. Yeah. Um, but let's let's move forward, bro, because uh, we did take a little bit more time than I, than I expected on these games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our Thursday night matchup was the Packers and the 49ers, right, yesterday, last night. Yeah. The Packers won 34-17. Cooked, took care of business right there. Um, so the Packers are now 6-2. and two. Um, Do you see anything there at all? I just think, you know,
2: Aaron Rodgers probably felt really good to be shitting on the Niners like that, Yeah. especially since he struggles against them in the playoffs, yep. um, especially what happened last year. Um, Of course, the Niners are completely, I mean, they're decimated by yeah, injuries, It's a different right? team, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, you know, this was kind of the expected result that we were hoping for. Um, when you have George Kittle out, Garoppolo is out, Debo Samuel is out, uh, Brandon Ayuk is out, um, Raheem Mostert is out, Tevin Coleman is out, Jeff Wilson Jr., another running back is out. Um, They didn't have Trent Williams either, their top offensive lineman on that team. So, I mean, <laughs> what can you expect? Nick Bosa is out, um, Armstead is out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, it is what it is for the Niners. I mean... I, God bless um, their coaching staff for staying composed and still fighting and, and still being somewhat competitive. But, I mean, this season is an L to me for them. And it's just something that was out of their control. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers did look like a bad man. You know what I'm saying? So, you
1: know, you got to give him that. Might as well go ahead and click it. Yeah. Um. So then we got the uh, the Seahawks and the Bills. Uh, the Seahawks are the three-and-a-half-point favorite there. Um. I mean, It. it I really don't think the Bills are going to have you know what it takes to beat the Seahawks, especially not right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Seahawks are going to definitely win, um, and probably more than than three and a half point game. But let's see. I think they're going to take it away with probably about a touchdown. Um, and then we got the Broncos and the Falcons. The Falcons are a four and a half, excuse me, a four point favorite there. Uh, we got the Bears and the Titans. Uh, just stop me if you want to talk about any one of these. The Bears and the Titans? Yeah, Bears and the Titans. Titans are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, we got the Ravens and the Colts, which is a pick em. Um And then that over-under is at 48 and a half. I don't know. I'm going to think about that one a little bit. That might that might look like – it. I know this sounds crazy, but it might look like an under even. I, um, think, I um, think the Colts are going to put up the same amount of points as last week. I I don't see that happening again. Yeah, um, no,
2: not against that defense.
1: Yeah, but – but I, th- I think that the ravens are having some issues right now with personnel. So um i think that that over that uh, under might be looking good, but i'm not i'm not willing to call it my lock, but it's definitely uh probably going to be excuse me, it's definitely something you want to look at and probably could hit. So um,
2: um one th- important stat that i want to note is that Lamar Jackson actually has according to PFF, he has 12 turnover worthy plays, which is the uh most in the NFL. Phil Rivers has 10. So uh, take take from that as you will. Um, I I I mean, if if the Colts defense is healthy for the most part, I could see this being an upset. I could I could see the the Colts. It's not going to be easy, but uh, if Darius Leonard is there to play, and uh, if uh, Kenny Moore is there, and uh, if we got um if we got those guys clicking all together, uh, Blackman, uh, our safety, if he if he's there, I, I just see this being not as easy as people think now the Colts do suck against um, Russian quarterbacks historically we've always sucked against uh, quarterbacks that can run so if we do lose that game I'm going to have to say it's because Lamar Jackson ends up running a buck 50 on us but I think so I think
1: they're they're missing their left tackle right now Um, and I think that the Colts are going to get through Um, but I I think that you know it's going to be tough to get a hold of Lamar once he puts the wheels on
2: yeah, I mean, like I said, if we if we can force him to be more in the pocket, if we can force him to pass the ball more, I like our
1: chances in that game. All right, so let's see what we got next on the list. We got the Titans and the Jags. The Titans are um, the favorite there, minus seven. Division game. And then we got the Giants and the Washington football team. Um, the Washington football team is a minus two-and-a-half-point favorite. Guys, look at the Giants there. The defense is looking good. I think that um, the under is looking good again, 43.
2: This is probably going to be another game where Daniel Jones turns over the ball again.
1: Yeah, but that money line is looking good. I think the Giants are going to come away with the win on this one. Um, I think especially after he sits down and looks at the film you know, um, of what he did wrong last game, if he can just – there's like two plays in the whole game, right, that if he can just fix those one or two plays – He's going to be okay, and we're going to come away with the win. That's just really what it is, we're one play away from winning the whole game, um, at least two or three times this season for sure. Uh, then we got the Las Vegas Raiders and the Chargers, another pick them game. Uh, that one, I really – I mean, it can go either way, but I think the Raiders are going to uh, come away with the dub. Then we got the Cowboys and the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers are minus 14.5-point favorites. Guys, I'm telling you, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a bloodbath. The Steelers are gonna crush them. It's gonna be a 20 point game, 21 point game. Uh, I would still put my money on the Steelers there. Then we got the Dolphins and the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals are a four and a half point favorite. That is the first away game for Tua um, as a starter. I'm I'm curious to see how he does. The money line the money line is looking a little tasty on that for the Dolphins plus 185. I think I might roll with the Dolphins on this one. Um I, I I mean you could play it safe and take the um four and a half, but I think the money line's looking good there, especially at um plus one eighty five.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be the battle
1: of the two young
2: quarterbacks.
1: Absolutely. Uh and I, I'm excited to see what Tua does. I think he can come away with the dub.
2: Oh wow, Kyler Murray leads the uh the NFL as a quarterback in rushing yards. Four hundred thirty seven rushing yards is the most by all quarterbacks in the NFL season. That's crazy. And he's um averaging four yards per carry, which is the uh, so – that's really good. I mean, he's getting it done running the ball. He has a funny running motion, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. He does. Uh, one of my homies runs like that when he plays football. Zahid. Oh, for real? Yeah, you met him. Yeah, he, he, that's how he plays. So he, I mean, they make moves, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, yeah, it they, works they for make him. defenders hit. I mean, miss. Um, but, yeah, then we got the Saints and the Bucks. Uh The Buccaneers are a four-and-a-half-point favorite there. That's I, I really think that that's going to be a, a shootout. Um, look at the over on that fifty and a half. That's definitely going to be a shootout, guys.
2: Yeah, we got to see whether Michael th- what the status is for Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders because uh, that you need those weapons in this matchup if you want to compete with the firepower of that offense. Of course, you know you know what their receivers do. Of course, it's not going to get easier with Antonio Brown on that squad now um, if he's not acting a fool. So um, with with um, with 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 that being said they have to get Michael Thomas back if they want this game to be somewhat competitive i think Camara could be the wild card for them uh control the pacing of the game if they're able to keep that offense on the bench longer uh i i i'm going to if michael if michael thomas is playing i'm taking the saints if he's out i'm taking the bucks
1: all right you heard it um and then we got the last game which is um i think that's the monday night game uh, the Patriots and the Jets. Of course, we already know it's eight and a half point favorite for the Patriots. A great bounce back game for them. If they lose this game, say goodbye to Cam. J
2: E T S Jets Jets Jets.
1: No, no. Wait, wait, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to leave you hanging on <laughs> that. No, <boy>. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to leave you hanging on that. I'm sorry, bro. No,
2: no Jets. Come on, man. You from New York, bro? Uh, <laughs> like,
1: nah, but I'm not a Jets fan, bro. Come on. Quit playing just because I'm a Knicks fan. you trying to play. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. Yo, <laughs> uh, how come on the Sopranos, when they bring up football teams, it's always the Jets?
1: I guess because that's just what, you know. That's Jersey
2: what. roots for the Jets?
1: Um I have no idea. I don't know what Jersey does. Jersey, I feel like people always talk about Florida, but I feel like Jersey is really the asshole of America.
2: Jersey, nah. I give Jersey a lot of credit. Nah. No, you know what's funny? Have, 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 every, you ever,
1: have you ever drove through New Jersey, bro? It just smells like shit it. the whole time. I haven't, it, but it's so crazy.
2: Every person that I met that's from Jersey is funny as fuck. Like when I tell you the funniest people in the world I know. Like I when, used you're, to when you
1: live in Jersey, you have you have no option but just to laugh at yourself.
2: <laughs> Y'all Yo, chill. <laughs> hey. hey, nah, nah, bro. Like even like if you look at like people like Redman. Like Redman is such a hilarious right.
1: dude. I'm gonna give you that. Redman, of course. He's such a hilarious dude. The such Jersey, a real dude. I don't know. I don't. I'm. I've, I'm really not. I don't know.
2: I met Jersey. a lot of good people from Jersey, so that's why I kind of like you know have a soft spot for Jersey. And of yeah, course, I got of the in Jersey, So
1: Shout out to everybody in New Jersey. So yeah, but I just still feel like it's a dump. I'm sorry. I don't like Jersey. I don't know, man. Bro. Shout I out to all my family in Jersey. Man. I think Love the people in New Jersey are ZZ great, Eli. man. I know y'all y'all living it up out there <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, that just about does it. I'm not really seeing like a lock play of the of the week that I'm really really fucking with right now. Um, I think. Honestly, like the bet that I'm probably I I like the most, and this sounds crazy, is the money line on the Giants. I think the Giants are going to beat the um, Washington Football Team. It's they're two really bad teams, uh, and I just feel like the the defense on Washington is hit or miss. They were you know a highly highly ranked defense in the beginning of the season, especially after their first game, but I don't think that they're gonna they're they're gonna have what it takes to stop this Giants team. Especially if Daniel Jones can fix that turnover problem. The Giants are really going to uh, give the Washington football team a problem. And that one, plus 120 money line is looking good. I think I'm going to – should I just say it, bro? This is going to be my, my biggest bet of the week, my lock. What do, really? what do you think you about
2: – You what, don't want to um, put a lock for the, uh, the Bills and Seahawks game?
1: The Bills and the Seahawks game? Uh, I don't know, bro. I, I think that in that game, I'm more so interested in the, the total – um the Bills and the Seahawks 55 and a half I'm, I'm, I might look at that a little bit but I don't know man I think that that's that's going to be a tough one that's a tough game mm. I think it's just this week is a tough week I'm not going to give it my 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 biggest bet of the week just yet I I don't I don't think I'm going to throw one of those out there this week yeah just cuz I'm not confident in any one of them as I was last week yeah like last week I was really like I was hoping everybody heard me cuz I was like I'm giving away free money right here guys. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I think that just about does it for the NFL. Is there anything that you want to add? Um actually wait my bad my bad. Sorry. What's up? Did you see what happened with the um the the Raiders, the Vegas Raiders with the fines?
2: Oh, with the COVID regulations yeah, they like messed they're, up.
1: They're they're fucking up their regulations so they they got fined. I think like another five hundred thousand dollars,
2: six round draft pick,
1: and a, yep, a sixth or seventh round. I don't remember which it was one six,
2: it was. six round, which is kind of significant. I mean,
1: I mean, whenever you lose a draft pick for no fucking reason, it's a bad thing.
2: Yeah, if you're a good GM, you want every single draft pick. Absolutely, actually, you want more probably. Than yeah, that.
1: for, that's a fact. Um, but if you know else? what you're doing, yeah, yeah, for sure. Is there anything that you want to add, um, before we move on,
2: um, the NFL? I mean, I'm just going to say the game of the week is probably going to be that Bills and Seahawks game. Of course, we have Jamal Adams coming back. So the biggest question and the biggest thing we need to look out for, if we, if we, if we think Seattle can be that Super Bowl team, Jamal Adams has to set the standard for that defense. And he has. I'm not saying they have to be locked down or top 10, but they have to at least be like 15, like top 15 um, so let's see if he can do that. That's going to be interesting. This is the first time Jamal Adams is back in the lineup since week three. So let's see what, what the Seahawks defense looks like. And let's see if Josh Allen bounces back. I think he's going to have an amazing game against the Seahawks. So if you have him on fantasy, I think he's a must
1: start. You got to do it. I think it's just like the only real chance he has is because the Steel- um, the Seahawks defense is so bad right now. Yeah. But I-, I feel like he's getting exposed a little bit here. Um, And this could be his bounce back game. Let's see. Um, This could give them the momentum and boost his confidence. I'm more excited to see the Dolphins in the Cardinals game. I mean, yeah. That, that seems like it's going to be a very exciting game to watch. Um, Two two rookie uh, quarterbacks, two young guys I got b- the Cardinals battling it out. out. All right. I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah, that's that's going to be really exciting. Um, yes, sir. But I think that just about does it for the NFL stuff. Let's go ahead and move on. Yep. So um, for this segment... I really wanted to get into some, like, MLB free agency talk. Mm-hmm. There's not really a whole lot going on in the MLB right now. Um, so I was like, you know what? Instead of doing MLB talk, we can get right into the MMA. And um, oh, yes. we can talk about the fight um, that happened uh, over the weekend. The M- we had MMA. We had a, a really good um, really good few fights, actually, that night. Because we also, I don't know if you watch boxing, but um, we had that that. Javante Davis fight where he yes. put that man's lights out. So we can go over some of that. Um, did you watch any of the fights or were you watching? Javante the
2: Davis. Um, he's from Baltimore, right?
1: Yeah, he's he's from Baltimore. Man. I know that for sure. I know we got into that Carmelo thing. <laughs> he,
2: he played. Um, I remember. I think the first time I saw him fight was uh, it was he was um un, he was in the undercard for Mayweather, I believe. There was a Mayweather fight. He was the undercard for, and I don't know who he beat, but he had like some ignorant type post game interview um or post fight post interview. Fight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And um and I was like, you know what? I like this dude like and he was I think he came into that fight undefeated as well. And um I liked him. I've I've kind of been following him from there. I I, I just think he's special, bro. And I think he is under the uh the Mayweather team. Yeah, he is. So, he's a special dude, man. He's Part a of the special money team. dude.
1: Yeah, he he is a he's a really special fighter. He's still undefeated. Um I think he's only he only had one fight um where he didn't knock the bama out but that was a great fight i really enjoyed it um uh, shout out to my guy armando for inviting me over that night to chill watch the fight oh nice yeah we we were at uh, armando's house it was also um madina's birthday that night they had like a little party for her nice yeah but um i i really enjoyed it there there was um there was a, another really good fight too the mma fight uh i don't know if you 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 watch the ufc what am i saying yeah man i yeah, love the ufc yeah the well Silva fight. i don't
2: love the ufc i just like certain fighters
1: yeah not nah, for sure um, but I think we can, we can definitely get into the Davis fight first, even though it was a later fight. It was the more exciting fight, if you ask me. Um, just altogether, just a phenomenal fight. Very exciting. There was a lot of action. Um, Leo Santa Cruz proved to be a worthy opponent and landed lots of punches on, on Davis. Uh, he used his speed and his reach uh, to deliver like a lot of flurries of punches. But Davis was definitely unbothered. And remained patient and slipped and and he was able to slip and slide and move and groove. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Javante uh, Davis was able to land some great combinations, uh, some crucial body shots. Once he settled, once he settled in and showed he can make the necessary adjustments. Um, and with about 25 seconds left in the sixth round, Javante Davis baptized Leo Santa Cruz <laughs> with a left uppercut, had him asleep, bro. I'm not gonna lie, my G. I was concerned (laughs) he put that man to sleep bro I was scared bro I was like is this man gonna get up um it didn't look good bro it didn't look good for Santa Cruz who I would say he typically is known for having a strong chin but golly what are you gonna do when that when that left uppercut come at you and that's a signature punch by him too um, he's been he's he's baptizing motherfuckers with that, bro. Yeah, oh
0: God. Um,
2: just uh, some interesting here that they noted was he landed. uh, Davis ended up landing fifty five percent of his power punches to the twenty nine to twenty nine percent for Santa Cruz, mm. and then um before that knockout punch, uh Davis ended up having uh thirty four its of his, of his eighty four uh uh landed punches were and ended, uh, ended up being body shots. So he set him real. He set him up real nice for that knockout. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a very intelligent. You know, that's what you do in boxing. You know what I'm saying? You, you hit the body. You keep it going for the body. And that one moment they slip up, you better be ready and and give that knockout punch. And and, and you know they they don't call him tank for no reason. You know what I'm saying? So he has the ability to like knock you out anytime. Yeah, you know, de-
1: he definitely has that knockout um that knockout ability. Uh, he's 24 and 0 now. I think 23 knockouts he he's proven it time and time again but yeah man it was it was crazy because Santa Cruz was throwing a lot of like i said he had those flurries right where he would he would throw so many punches at davis but davis was able to just keep that shoulder in front of him move um keep that head movement up um and it worked out really well i right, like who's
2: who's competing with davis in that division in his uh, in his class
1: right now i know that there's like for uh, uh, future fights i know that um Ryan Garcia has been has been sending shots his way. I know Ryan Garcia wants to fight. But actually in the post fight interview, Davis said, um, just line up whoever and I'll keep knocking him down. <laughs> I don't I think he's it. really too worried. I love it. Um but yeah, I think that, you know, th- there's there's a couple of couple of people that they have lined up for him. But I, I really don't see anybody in that weight class that's really, you know, gonna give him a you know, give him a run for his money. His last let's look at it let's look at his last few fights, right? His last one knockout TKO TKO knockout TKO knockout TKO TKO knockout. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you see a trend here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he he's probably one of the biggest names in boxing right now. Yeah, um, and definitely very well deserved. I mean,
2: I think um, it's hell of a fight it, in terms of the mainstream. I think he solidified himself as a star for the Absolutely. mainstream against that Santa, yeah. Santa Cruz fight because this was the first fight I really saw a lot of people um talk about him on like social media and stuff yeah like you i did see previous fights where they talk about him but this was the one where people was like like you know making memes and shit like that you know because i mean of course it was a crazy ass knockout but i think
1: i think devin haney is another um another name that they're saying could come his way um so i'm excited to see that Uh, i think he's uh 24 and oh if i'm not mistaken yeah uh he's got a he's got a pretty solid record
2: we we never uh, covered the uh, Habib fight, right? His retirement, one of the greatest. I, I think we went over that. I think we, we
1: we touched base on that a little bit. I don't know if we recorded on a podcast, but I know we spoke on it.
2: Oh yeah, we definitely spoke on it. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting because I I know it's, it's kind of old news in the sports world now, but
1: I mean we do have to acknowledge the career of. Yeah, Khabib. we talked. We, we talked about him, and we talked about um, uh, John Jones. The, oh, the, comments, the remember pro- that? Yeah, 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 yeah. We did talk about that. Yeah, it just reminded me. Um, but but since we're on the topic of the UFC, I'm not sure if you saw the the Uriah Hall versus uh, Anderson Silva fight. Let's not. Man. But yeah, Uriah Silva Hall takes on gold, one of man. his idols in the former UFC middleweight champion, Anderson the Spider Silva. It was, obviously we all saw that coming, right? Silva, had, it's the last, what, four fights, he's shown that, you know.
2: Bro, he's 45 years old. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? This is like the Rocky Balboa movie, though. Now, like, now,
1: Anderson Silva, of course, is known as one of the GOATs um with some very entertaining and spectacular knockouts. So it's like you, you root for him and you when you're one of the goats, yeah. People are, you know, they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You know, they people want to see you fight. Um This
2: is Jordan in the Wizards jersey right now. You know, this is what we're seeing. But like it it pains you me You know what? That
1: that's a great comparison.
2: Yeah, it, it pains me because bro, like Silva in his prime was the most unstoppable fighter. He was he was legit a ninja dog. He read every single move you made, every single strike you thought of, everything you would think of. He thought of before you would. Like that's how
1: insane he was as a and fighter. a showman. Yet, I mean the way the way he fights, the way you know the the crowd is behind him, and you know he puts his hands down. Yeah, you know he he just doesn't care. I, I would say I would even compare him to, let's say Muhammad Ali. Just the I head would. movement. I would ability to put on a show. Um, But yeah, just definitely in the latter end of his career. Because
2: like when we're talking about goats in MMA, he to me is probably number one. It's either him or GSP. GSP. Yep. Uh, I feel like John Jones
1: is disqualified from that. that <laughs> <come. laughs> no, nah, you I mean, know what? I agree. The, the, the I agree. No, I agree. Hundred percent.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm sorry. Like, uh, if he if he didn't have the controversy with the with the drugs and shit, I think it might have been a different discussion. <laughs> Maybe He's up there, but right now, I feel like those are the two. I I personally kind of uh favor uh Anderson Silva more. Yeah, I don't know why we, I let that shot w- off. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> with with Silva, what I like about him is when he fights throughout his career. He always stands tall as the aggressor. He's always... Yeah. He never looks Long, weak. Long. Yeah, he, yeah. Even... I remember... I forgot who he fought. But there was one fight, bro. He got his ass kicked every single round kick like I'm talking about he almost got on the verge of being knocked out and he turned it around and had I think it was a triangle submission move I forgot who it was against one of the greatest fights ever bro I remember Joe Rogan uh, spazzing on commentary like watching that because like it was such an epic moment in in MMA history and UFC history and uh, Silva gives that to us I think that was Chael Sonnen
1: I, yeah, I it, believe was, so. it was Chael Sonnen. Yeah, because yep. that, that, that motherfucker yep. also talks a lot of shit. Yeah. So it's good to see him lose.
2: <laughs> and Chael Sonnen was a great fighter. Yeah. He was a uh, dog.
1: I would say he's a good fighter. I wouldn't put him as, the, as a no, great No, no, no. Not as a GOAT. Yeah. But he,
2: in his time, he was a hell of a competitor. Yeah, absolutely. And for Silva to do that, that was amazing.
1: But um, just sticking with this, with, um, with this fight, Hall had some battles. But this was definitely a very important fight for him to keep his career going in the right direction. Yeah yeah um the fight started pretty slow, and you can tell that the fighters were holding back um I would definitely say that each fighter had been yeah no no absolutely yeah, both fighters had been out of the octagon for at least a year. I didn't expect them to hold back that much, but some pretty good shots were landed in the first two rounds. um they weren't really putting a lot of power behind their punches or stepping into those hits. um I really wanted to see somebody. Just, you know, take control and start the fight a little bit. And neither one of them, I felt like, did. I think Anderson Silva did make some attempts and did push forward a lot. But he really wasn't stepping into those punches a lot. Um, And then round three, Silva started to pick up some momentum. um, But once he was, you know, he had this one series of punches when he was on the attack and Hall was able to just sit him down and was able to work, like, just put in work on Anderson Silva until he was pretty much saved by the bell. Yeah. Yeah. and then you go into the fourth round, just Uriah Hall just puts the beats on Anderson Silva. Yeah. And Herb Dean had to stop the fight. He hit Silva with some punches that had, I'm not going to lie, bro. And Like, he was knocked down, and then he just starts, like, reaching. And, like, he just starts reaching everywhere. And you could see, like, he doesn't even know what's going on. Uh, and he's like grabbing uh, Herb Dean's legs, like you know when you know you see those fights on World Star where somebody get knocked out and they forget who their opponent is. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah, like, <laughs> he, he hit him with Wait the. <laughs> he ended up um, grabbing Herb Dean's legs and just struggling, and I felt really bad seeing Silva in that kind of condition. And actually, Uriah Hall at the end became very emotional, even apologizing to Anderson Silva. To me, that right there shows that Anderson Silva's got to retire. Like when fighters. Don't even really want to fight you because they love you so much. Yeah, and then they knock your ass out, and then they they literally stand there and cry and I'm sorry. I gotta yeah. find that. I that's I, what
2: I, happened with um Israel too when he fought Silva. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, he, I saw that he got super emotional after the I fight. I saw that. Yeah, and that's he's he's the hero to these guys. And man. I think
1: I think Silva stepped in in that fight. I I don't think that was the scheduled fight w- when he when he fought him. Um, yeah, but, and
2: I think Silva was like 40 years old when he fought yeah, he Israel.
1: Was, he, nah, I think it was. Uh, I think that was only like two years ago.
2: Oh, so he was forty three then. Yeah, he was. Wow. Yeah, and I, he
1: definitely didn't seem ready for oh, yeah, that fight. He was right, def- yeah, he, he had was some 43. weight on him. Yeah, um, he definitely wasn't ready for that fight. But I gotta find it. I gotta find the video of him. Um, I thought that was really sad, to be honest. Like to see him, kind of going through like that situation and crying like that. Yeah, I personally felt like yeah, that was definitely a sad moment. Yeah, um, Dana
2: not- White, stop putting him in fights, bro. Just stop.
1: But what do you do? Uh, you're but I know Silva, he's like you- a he's
2: gonna milk that dollar for every until it doesn't milk anymore bro that's just what he's gonna do he's gonna squeeze that juice until the orange has no juice left
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and, and that's what he's been doing but what if you're anderson silva you you love the sport this is what you do it's hard when you're a competitor like that to just step away you know what i mean
2: but that then that's when you step into the trainer role and you become a mentor to somebody yeah and you know what i'm saying like i think maybe i think I can't read Russian under Khabib's uh, Instagram post, but I feel like he's transitioning into that type of role sure, too. Respects. You yeah, know what no, I'm saying? For sure. So for me, it's like, you know, if I don't think you should still be fighting once you hit a certain age. I mean, especially with CTE and all that shit that we know now. I just feel like with Silva, I think the next step for him is to take somebody under his wing and really, you know, uh, groom them to be one of the best in the world and, and teach him, teach them how he got taught. So... I think that's the next step for Silva. For if he loves the sport, I mean, I mean if you're still fighting 45, you got to have you gotta crazy love, it. love yeah, for the sport. Absolutely. So I think that that's probably the next step for him, you know.
1: Yeah, he's always been a humble guy. You've always seen that he, he wasn't like he fought with some flair and, you know, some moxie at the end of the day with confidence. Yeah. But he was never like one of these guys that was always like a huge shit talker, in my opinion. I want to see if I can get this real quick. Hold on one sec. Let's see if we can pull this up. Okay. Trying to get it, trying to get it to play here. I'm not sure if I can, but uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like it wants to work. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's gonna work. Um, I was trying to get it to to play the the whole you know sequence back and forth between Anderson Silva and um, Uriah Hall, kind of just apologizing and, and saying sorry for that whole situation. Yeah. Um, I I don't know, man. I, I really felt like you know once once that happens, it's time for you to move on. Yes. You can't you can't keep fighting these guys that like. You, it's like pulling teeth for them to fight you, you know what I'm saying? It's not they, they don't want this. You make my life special. <laughs> Thank
2: you so
1: much. I love you. Man. Thank so you, sorry. So sorry. Yeah, you, you can you can hear Hall just crying and apologizing That's and crazy. saying, I'm sorry, I love you. Um but that that right there just shows that it's time to move on. It's time to you know, call it a career at the end of the day, I you know.
2: At the end of the day, if we wanna really wanna say it I mean, Silva's Jordan of his sport, you know. But what I'm shout saying? out to
1: Anderson Silva for even having the guts to go out there and fight, especially a motherfucker like your right hall. Have you seen that man?
2: Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. I mean, at the end of the day, bro, like these fighters, they grew up watching Silva, right?
1: Absolutely. And, we and all did.
2: Yeah. Israel said like, you know what I'm saying, Silva was like the most influential fighter to his style. And I'm pretty sure that's true for most of these fighters out right now, uh, coming into the MMA world and Everybody respects Anderson Silva. I think, at the, I mean, he has to be the GOAT, right? He has to. He I has think to so. Be. In my yeah. in
1: my opinion, he is the GOAT, and he's got to stop now to keep that title. Yeah. Like, like I he,
2: said, he's just got to find someone to train and take under his wing.
1: Yeah, and then maybe in, like, five years, if there's another 50-year-old fighter that <laughs> <laughs> like, pull a Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Yeah, what do you think about that? Now, uh, I, I'm not sure if we spoke on it yet, but Mike Tyson's about to come back. You know, the promo videos are out. Um, that fight's scheduled to happen soon, right?
2: um i remember watching the sparring videos and the his sparring partner now keep in mind right you know they have the little cushion uh, what do you call those joints the the joints where they punch into like you put it on your hand and they punch into it
0: yeah the punching
2: gloves uh, yeah the punching gloves i guess you know like his trainer is holding it up and i remember i'm watching the clip and he's like mike 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 like cuz he even though he's padded like he's feeling <laughs> the punches yeah. dog like he's like stop chill mike chill like yo dog like if he's 50 years old and he still has that strength oh my god and i don't know this fight was supposed to have a no knockout rule or something like that i don't know how you can have a fight with a no knockout rule
1: and that that's going to be um there's you know there's a, a hyped up undercard there Uh, Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson. (laughs) I'm excited to see that little Jake Paul, the YouTuber? Versus Nate Robinson, the former basketball player, yes. And this is (coughs) November 28th, so (laughs) November 28th, that's right around the corner. That's in 22 days. I'm excited to see that.
2: Jake Paul, you're worth, like, millions of dollars. What the hell are you doing,
1: bro? (laughs) I'm excited to see it, bro. I don't know. What are you doing, dog? Enjoy your money, son. Fuck it. Let's do it. Let's see the fight. (laughs) Put on the gloves. Let's see it. I don't know. I'm excited, bro. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, And, you know, I like to see a good— Who doesn't like to see a good fight? I think it was um, Khabib's uh, manager. He was saying something on Mike Tyson's podcast. He was like, you know, fighting's still the best sport no matter what. Like, you cannot say it's not because you could be at the NBA Finals— the best players could be playing on the court and if there's a fight behind you you're going to turn around and watch that fight you're not about to stop watching the finals you're about to i mean you're going to stop watching the finals and you're going to start watching the fight that's happening behind you it you depends. know what i'm saying that's just how it is just, bro <laughs> but somebody, i see his point though if, i see if, his point if you hear world star right behind you you're going to look no matter what that is i don't true. care what anybody says okay. yeah, yeah you could true. be you could be at the super bowl somebody's fighting you're going to look back you know yeah. um there, there's just something about it that just makes us want to watch bro and it's yeah. it's in a way it's kind of sad but you know
2: we all want to see a car accident but we don't want to see anybody get hurt
1: yeah exactly yeah absolutely so it's
2: weird human nature thing that we have going on <laughs> but um yeah i mean that's that's all i uh that's all i can think of for mma right Sh- yeah that just about that just on?
1: about does it um we can get right into the uh i guess you do have some stuff for the sports cards right we can yes yes i bet
2: so this edition, we're not really going to give away sports cards. I definitely want to transition into having more dialogue and more uh, discussion about the moves we're making, understanding our roles in this market, right? Um, especially with the sports card market, specifically basketball. Right now, we have to understand what the market is telling us and we have to be smart as investors, right? When you go out there and... You, I mean, there's a lot of people that I don't know invest in the stock market. But the way it works in the stock market is, if you're a good investor, you're typically investing into Apple, you're investing into Amazon, you're investing into Tesla, you're investing into all these companies that have already been um, successful and have a great proven track record, and you're not looking short-term, right? You're not looking for that quick flip, right? I, I guess it depends on
1: the type of trading you do. That is true, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, there's day trading, and there's different types of trading. Absolutely,
2: you can like options and puts. Yeah, uh, uh, but I'm talking about at the most basic level, right? Yeah, From okay. an investing perspective, right. when you're trying to build your portfolio, if you have a portfolio, right, and you're trying to build it, you're investing into, I mean, I think, what is it, 80%, 85% of the stocks you want, you want to be... Stocks that are proven, right? They're the creme de la creme. You know what I'm saying? Like they're yeah. established. And then the other 15%, you could go ahead and invest that into your blue chip stocks. So I say this to say that with the sports card market, the moves that I'm seeing, the trends that I'm seeing does not make sense, right? We have Luka Dantich, right? Amazing, phenomenal player, N- I'm not going to take anything away from that kid. That kid is nasty. He's averaging the same stats as LeBron has when he was his age, right? So there's there's no no doubt about it. But when I was sitting when I was sitting down and doing my math, right, we have a LeBron James rookie card. His his most known rookie card. His tops. Uh, it's when you when you do the math, the market value for his card is about 17 million, right? We have Luka Doncic, when you take his Prism, Panini Prism card, his rookie card, and you do the math, if you take all the ones that exist out there, you are looking at a market value of $7 million. Now, mm. now, let me let you know about somebody else, right? There's a guy named, I'm, I'm sure you guys heard of him. His name is Steph Curry. Yes, sir. Probably going to go down as the greatest shooter of our life.
1: Yes, sir. He's
2: probably going to go down as a Hall of Famer.
1: Oh absolutely He has Without a doubt
2: Three championship rings You want to know So what his, far You, you, you want to know What his rookie card Is trading at Market value When I did the math huh. About 2.53 million dollars So the market Is telling us Right The market Is trying to tell us That Stephen Curry The greatest shooter Of our lifetime Is worth less Than Luka Doncic Nah Guys Guys, the, these are trends that I'm seeing in the sports card market, right? I'm slowly starting to see it with Trey Young. I
1: love Trey Young.
2: I think he's gonna. So be So right a now beast. is a good
1: time to buy some some Steph cards.
2: I think you have to be smart. You have to invest into Apple. You have to invest into Tesla. You have to. So who is Apple? Who is Tesla? You can never go wrong with LeBron, right? But I mean, his prices are up there. But you can never go wrong with LeBron. LeBron is gonna be forever. Right? Kobe is gonna be forever. Stephen Curry right now, I think he's undervalued. I think a lot of y'all are missing. Yes, I understand his cards is going for 1.52K. But look, that 1.52K during the season can easily be 4 or 5K, 6K, mm. 7K. You know what I'm saying? Give me that. so me that. So you go out there, you copy a couple uh, Stephen Curry cards. Now here's another player I wanted to bring up, right, a part of this discussion, Kevin Durant. Right. Okay. Two-time NBA champion. Now you could say those championships are a little, uh, eh, because he did join a team that was seventy-two and nine who went to the finals and was only one game away from winning it. But that doesn't take the fact away that he's probably the best scorer in the NBA, one of the most lethal sharpshooters, great two-way NBA player. Um, and his cards are about around the same value when I was doing the math. I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, I think. W- what I drew up was about one point five two million for a rookie, Kevin Durant, uh BGS nine point five card or a PSA ten. And that does not make sense to me, guys. That does not make sense. There is no way in the world a Luca Dantich card should be priced higher than Kevin Durant or Stephen Curry. No way, no how I love Luca, I get the Luca hype, I get the Trey Young hype, but these dudes You guys are buying into the hype. Stop buying. If you have a Luka Doncic card right now, I think the next two to three years is when you want to sell that because if you can trade your Luka Doncic for for Kevin Durant or Stephen Curry – that's the smarter play. You guys have to be smarter. We got to invest into Tesla. We got to invest into Apple. We have to invest into these stocks. And when you when you invest into these younger players, let's not just buy into the hype. We have to also look at younger players like Jason Tatum, who has proven that he has made the Eastern Conference Finals two times, still under 24 years old. So it doesn't make sense to me that you guys have Luka Dantich. And uh, and slowly these Trey Young cards being more than Jason Tatum, it does not make sense. You guys are gonna get burned badly if you guys hold on to these. I think you guys gotta look. If you get these cards, they're short term moves. But if if you're really about investing and want to ma- maximize your money and make a lot of money, you go with what you know, which is LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant. There's a lot of potential if you have the money. Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant right now is where you want to go. PSA 10, uh, PSA 10 or BGS 9.5. Rookie cards. cards. Yes. You want to invest into that because um, there's a huge opportunity. The numbers don't make sense. The numbers don't make sense. And, and at the end of the day you're going to see these these hype bees getting into the the sports car culture these sneaker these sneaker heads that you know want to hop in sports I'm already car seeing culture. It, bro. Yeah and just, just
1: keep it real I'm seeing it right now it's becoming more of a mainstream thing
2: Yeah and I I, I love people getting into the the sport car culture but understand you're going to get destroyed you're going to get decimated if you think you're just going to go out there and bank on Luka Doncic Now I could be wrong he might be able to get a championship but three sure. championships yeah
1: two championships No, exactly you got you got it like come you on. said you got to go with the smart the smart bet come on guys sometimes we people gotta be don't smarter have, sometimes people don't have the capital to do something like that and maybe if you're just starting out but yeah. if you can afford a Luca card you can afford no but i'm Sherry just saying yeah, you know, for but sure. yeah i see what you mean yeah, yeah but when you're just starting out sometimes you're, you're just not in that position to make those type of moves yeah um but again if you guys have questions for izzy please hit us up man um we're waiting for you guys to send us some messages. We did get some. I know Izzy gets texts here and there. Yes. But definitely shoot us a a email or something if you have some questions you want us to share with everybody so that everybody could benefit from these gems as well. Yes. Of course you already know. Is there anything you want to add before we get into the outro? Um just in terms of sports cards, collecting, anything like that? Any other cards you want to shout out before um, we move forward
2: yeah uh, let me give you guys the specific rookie cards oh okay, um, so you're gonna, for, you're for gonna do it Curry. yeah let's do I'm it gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead give me one second here I want to make sure I get the card because no I problem. know there's a lot of like first time investors listening to this so I want to make sure that we get a, we go ahead and get the and, um, and right a lot card of our number. guys
1: a lot of our guys you know you y'all like to bet you guys like to put bets on this on the games and sometimes I guess half of the fun is watching the game like uh, the, probably a lot of it is watching the game and having just a little more skin in the game, especially when it's not your team. You don't really have an emotional interest in the, in the game. You're right. So you might put a bet just to, to spice it up a little. But when you invest in these cards, I wouldn't say it's exactly like gambling, but if you're willing to throw some money around on sports, this should definitely be something that you consider.
2: Absolutely. Because it has a lot of upside. And not only that, but with with this, you can choose the players you want to invest yeah, and, in, right? And,
1: and when when your bet is bad, right? When the when it's when the game's over and you lost, that ticket is trash. Yeah. Versus in in a situation like this, you have something in your hand that's still worth a dollar amount, right? Like, yeah. Okay, you might have lost a little bit of money, but you didn't lose everything. You know, exactly. there's still value, and there's still potential that somebody could turn the season around, make it to the playoffs. So, you know, it does have that intrigue as well when you're watching the game. Yeah. Did you pull up the card? Yeah,
2: we do have. Let's so, the card that you want to invest in, if you guys have the capital, you want to invest in the 2009 2010 Bowman 48, number 106, Stephen Curry. You want to go for the BGS 9.5. Now, uh, BGS, they do subgrades. So, what they do, they do also show the grading for the centering, the edges, the corners, and the surface. Try to if you can go for the centering that's ten. Um, those are probably going to be priced a little higher. It's not necessary, but I mean, if you want to make some money, that w- that's a great option. Even the BGS nine, I would even go for. Um, just because I think those are about thirteen hundred dollars. That's really good value. You're getting the greatest shooter of all time for thirteen hundred dollars. You're getting you're getting the splash bro for thirteen hundred dollars. Luka Dantich. Come on guys. You you know the prices of Luca and we're looking at the prices of Stephen Curry. Doesn't make sense, guys. This is the greatest shooter of all time. He's probably gonna be competing for a championship again. So come on guys, we gotta be smart with how we invest.
1: All right, so um just an- another great podcast in the books. Um, I'm not sure if we ended up throwing it out there, but you know we are recording this November 6th. It's a Friday. Yes. Um. But yeah, I think we did. We did great there, bro. Yeah, man. Um. Is there anything you want to add before we wrap it up and we get into all the?
2: Buy, 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 buy all your uh, (laughs) basketball (laughs) cards right now. Buy them all right now because I'm telling you, you're gonna regret it. Some of these prices. Um. I I'll drop a gem on the outro. I'll do an encore here. You know, uh, will you guys want to invest in the Damian Lillard, uh, Damian Lillard, uh, RC Prism card? rookie card I think that's a that's a big gem it's $1,500 for a PSA 10 but that card was going for three to four thousand dollars when he was in the bubble I love it. $1,500 into three four thousand dollars come on guys if you got the capital I would cop like two or three of them for real I love
1: it I love it all right perfect um but before we wrap the whole thing up sorry I should have I should have asked you before I wrapped up that last segment what's up bro Um, but I appreciate you throwing that gem out there um we usually talk about you know what we're listening to and everything like that yeah i do want to quickly quickly just bring the music down for one second and say r.i.p uh to king von he's a up-and-coming rapper out of chicago yes. who passed away today yes. um he was gunned down uh, just another dead as a result of gun violence he just had a, a album come out called welcome to oblock um that's been getting a lot of spin lately a lot of people have been talking about it Um, But R.I.P. to King Von, and um, yeah, for sure, man. It's sad to see something like this happen. Sorry to kind of, sorry to kind of go on a little bit of a sad thing. Nah, we we definitely had to to do that. that. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, But while we're on the topic of music, bro, is there anything that you've been listening to lately, right now, that you wanna you wanna shout out? Anything at all?
2: I mean, I I I did hear a little bit of the new Nav stuff.
1: Okay, I'm not a big Nav fan.
2: I'm I wasn't either. But I mean, he has his production is pretty premium. When uh. When he's on uh, uh, behind it, uh, him and Weezy actually were behind the production. Oh wow! So I, I like that a lot. Um, I did listen to the new Ariana Grande as well. Okay, uh, for It was kind of it was kind of okay for me. Didn't like it. I did check out uh, I Am Northeast The Hood President. Oh, what'd you think? I, I thought it was very solid. I think yeah. I think he was really dope. I like hey, his um, shout
1: out to I Am Northeast, bro. He had he's consistently dropping bangers. Bro. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like for real, for real, like the production needs to be a little bit better on something. Like the bass has got hit a little bit more They gotta touch up A little bit of that But that's part of What you get from the Like the underground hood You know what I'm saying Rappers sometimes It's just a raw feel Yeah Uh,
2: What I love about The DMV rappers Especially like Someone like I Am Northeast uh Is the fact that They can be so lyrical You know what I'm saying They tell like Dope ass stories Like you. Yeah and you could feel it You could feel it bro Like people think It's just some regular Trap music Nah bro They're telling stories dog Like that's what I like About him He can rap rap You know what I'm saying So that's what I liked About him And I love the fact that he's from dmv man that's what's up yeah, man. He's, he's i'm glad we're getting hard. put on by dudes like that
1: yeah no nah, for sure bro and I, i've been listening to um dom kennedy's uh rap and roll the deluxe version just dropped so he put another i want to say like five or six pieces out there but got you um but that yeah that's about it man that's it for me bro anything you want to add at all
2: no nah, just uh be safe y'all take care god bless and uh we'll see you on the next one